This is... No, I don't want to start that way. I want to no. start this way. I don't remember how to do this. No, it's been... Over a year. It's been over a year. And we're making this as awkward as we can because this is the awkward goodbye. Now we're doing awkward hello. Awkward hello. Because it's been a while. Yeah, the awkward goodbye presents the awkward, awkward hello. hello. Brought to you by the awkward goodbye. How you doing, Tom? <laughs> I'm keeping this all in. Good, yeah. man. How are you? Happy. I'm home. Yeah. Yep. So, I'm happy to be here with you. We. I'm happy to be here too. We're all at home. Well, well, no, I'm I'm home now. No, I know. I was yeah. I was just doing a segue to the fact we haven't been doing this for a while because there's a global pandemic. True. And there is that going on. Yes. Don't forget. Please don't forget. Just and, the watermark of this episode. Right. Damn, sorry. The, no, we're in the middle of a pandemic, which means this could take place anywhere between the years 2020 and. <laughs> I like. I like how you assume it's going to be more years after this. <laughs> Doesn't seem like we're really that close to getting out of the other. I don't see the light at the end of this one. No, it's, it's funny because I, I was. It's funny if people on Twitter that I see are talking about. Am I the only one still quarantining? And then other people are like, No, I am too. And it's really weird that no one else is. Ah. <laughs> uh, just had a unique experience through all of quarantine in that I didn't get to do it because I was driving it all, all across this uh, country of ours. Yes. Weird. Yes. Yeah, the quarantine thing was weird for me because I was like, what's that like? You know? <laughs> what's, it, what's it like being in one place where you can't go anywhere when yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm everywhere. Yeah. So. That's, I've been thinking about that recently where it's like, that's why I'm almost hating winter coming up where it's just like, where are we going to go? I mean, it's going to be more. Yeah. It's going to be worse. Yeah. yeah, but I can't even go outside just walk around the house. And it's like, what if, well. What, uh, what if the virus now is like, ooh, don't like it cold, and it just like goes away? Probably. I mean, I know it started. In, I guess that doesn't make any sense. Cause no, it, it does. And, and again, just considering how flu season works, that's not going to happen. <laughs> We're all going to die. But before that, <laughs> let's talk about movies. Yeah, let's talk about movies. <laughs> let's light this up a little bit. That makes me feel better. Yeah, it, Movies are my medicine. Um, so they call you Mims. Why? Because movies is your medicine. Oh. oh. M- movies is medicine. Movies is medicine. Medicine is movies. Yeah. Memories of murder. No. Um, which is a good movie, by the way. That's a great movie. Yeah. Fong Joon-ho. He's great. Yep. Um, no, Love so I, I, there's really no agenda here. We're just talking because we're talking. Um, yeah, no, we usually pick an actor out of a hat. Yeah, I don't have the hat with me. I mean, it's in my car. Should I get it? I don't no, know. No, 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 We already started. Okay, uh, I was going to say that. I don't, wanna, I, don't, I don't really want to go down the no, flight of stairs. No, no, guardrails are off. We got our seatbelts off. We're just going to drive right off this cliff together, you and me. Oh, the Thelma and Louise. Yeah, much like Thelma and Louise. Mm-hmm. Which, who's who? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stumped you, didn't I? No. Because I was going to say, I'm Susan Sarandon. Okay. And I think is that Thelma? I don't remember. I, uh, I could check. I think you're right. Let's just say yes. Let's, let's just say okay. You're Susan Sarandon. Yeah, I'm Susan Rieger, Gina Davis. So. Sounds good. I'm yeah. I'm never mad about Gina Davis. So no, God, no. Good, good with me. No. So I guess uh, I have I have a couple of things that we definitely need to talk about. Sure. This year. Yeah. Movies. Uh huh. We should talk about them. Were the movies tw- this year? It's 2020. Yeah. I've seen like twenty movies. Oh, nice! I think it's more than me. No, really? not, no. I, I honestly, I haven't kept track. Yeah. Um, my last movie I saw in theaters was my Hero Academia movie. That is fucking wild, right? That you just said that. Why? You're the last movie that you saw in theaters. Yeah. Before the world shut down. Yes. Before two hundred thousand Americans died. Yes. 
was my, uh, my Hero Academia the movie. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Well, it's called Heroes Rising. It's the second movie. The sequel yeah. to the My Hero. That's fucking wild. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not into that uh, My Hero Academia, but that's fucking cool. Yeah, I'm into it, so that's good. Um, yeah, I think the last one I saw was either Emma or The Invisible Man. Yeah, I think for a lot of people it was The Invisible Man. And I wanted to see that too, but then I dragged my feet and then, well, well... <laughs> no more movie theaters. Right, for too long, and they all the movie theaters shut down. Yeah. Do, oh. do you want to talk about movies, or do you want to talk about movie theaters? Should we talk about both? Like, what, what do you? Um, let's talk about movie theaters. Because a number of prognosticators, writers, doomsayers, is that a wrap on movie theaters? I don't know. Because things were kind of things were precarious at that point, anyway. Where it's just like a lot of people didn't like going to movie theaters anyway because, I mean, for a lot of large families, you're talking about like, depending where you are. Because I'm always like, well, you have to pay for parking? Like, no, just park. But. Right, we live somewhere we don't have to worry about. That. Exactly. But for a lot of people, sometimes you have to. Sure. So you're talking about, okay, do I get a babysitter? Do I have to pay for parking? Do I have to get concessions? And for movie theaters, that's where most of their money's being made, is in parking, concessions, mm-hmm. and everything's almost besides the movie. So a lot of people were really precarious about the enterprise of movie theaters. Anyway, sure. unless it was like an MCU movie, or unless it was some Just a kind big of big tentpole, right? Or or, or, event. or yeah, or or, or, or if luckily if it was some kind of social, I don't want to say social, but some kind of movie that kind of broke out, like a, like a Get Out or a Knives Out or crazy or, yeah, crazy Mercedes, yeah, yeah, or for something like that, um, and then. Movie theaters are not movie theaters for the most part. Movie theaters aren't open right now. There are some countries that are opening theaters or some places. Some states. Some states. Here, yeah. A lot of drive-ins as well. Um, which is cool. It, that's very cool. Yeah. But like, yeah, what? The question, what's, the question is, what happens after? Right. What happens post coronavirus? Right. Whenever that is. Um, and I don't, I don't even mean I don't even mean to say that as almost like a doomsday thing, but it's no, like, no, no. but it's we like just, we don't know. We don't know. We yeah. don't know when things are going to be safe enough to kind of open up everything. As it was. As it was. Yep. Or close to as it was. Right. Um, again, I'm, I'm looking at a Batman mo- cup and I'm almost thinking like, so when are going to get like the pre-crisis? You don't. No. <laughs> I mean, there's no. zero hour. But even that had problems. So, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where where are we? And, I, and I, I've, been reading about, I've been reading about DC a lot lately, so I kind of have this on the break. Where are we at as far as the, the, the retcons of DC? <laughs> Are we at the new 52? <laughs> are we at convergence? Are we at convergence? Are, are we at rebirth? I don't think we're at rebirth. I don't think we're there yet. Okay. I think we're I think we're at infinite crisis personally. That's a good one though. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. That's it was, a, okay. it was okay. You know what? It's an important book in the history of comic. That is true. That is so true. There we go. That is true. All right. There's there's there's, there's a lot. That, can we just talk about infinite crisis now? Um, we could. Yeah. I, you talk about how Psycho Pirate really scared me as a kid. You scary. Just the entire idea of we are way off subject. Let's um, not talk about Psycho Pirate. I was kind of I, I was kind of wanted me to keep going. I kind of so want to hear what you want to say about Psycho Pirate. One of the scariest things about Infinite Crisis was when Psycho Pirate was the only one who remembered everything. Yeah, and that idea mortified me as a child. Just the idea that this terrible thing could happen. And everyone just sort of comes back, doesn't know what happened, and you're considered insane because you remember it. I love that, though. Yeah, no, that hooked me up. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Okay, anyway, movie theaters. Um, come back next week when we talk about one year later. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come back next week when Toby talks about one year later by himself because I will not be involved. 
Good lord. Um, all right, fine. We'll talk about dark metal. No. Um. Well, I'd be in the, in the dark about that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyways, you would love that though. It looks like my shit. It does. It looks very much my shit. Yeah, it is. Anyways, uh, but in a movie theater, so it's like I don't know. I, I in the beginning of the, pan- of the shutdown and pandemic, I was thinking like hopefully we will get to a point where movie theaters will be looked at. Oh, we can do that again. We can kind of go out and do it that again. Almost feels like that feeling has come and gone in waves. Right. Where. It, and I don't know where we are as far as I don't know where we are either. Right. I'm lost in the, in the wilderness. But it does feel like when I hear people kind of talking about the, the death of movie theaters, I mean, me as a big moviegoer, I'm like, well, that's that, that just that's not going to happen. That's silly. Like, of course, when everything opens up, people are going to want to get out of the house and go see Wonder Woman. Right. Or Dune or right. whatever. But what about when uh, St. Maud opens? Is anyone going to go to the... You know the indie theater, right? Is that is that a thing? It does feel like the big. It it, do, it feels like the big exciting event movies are going to be safe, mm-hmm. but that's not the entire movie industry. And no, that's it's not. Scary. And unfortunately, as we've seen, even prior to even though even even having COVID or coronavirus in the lexicon of our society mm-hmm. and our culture, we've seen how hard it was for independent movies to even get mm-hmm. some kind. Of, again, True. unless you were Get Out. Unless you were it was a nice, weird, yeah, it was, yeah, like it was one it, off, right? One or it's like it's just beloved movies. I didn't even get the time of day. I'm even thinking of, for when I say that, I'm thinking of like the nice guys, for example. Sure. Oh, right. That should have been right. Yep. And big it's movie like stars, right? Big budget, big fun. Yeah. And nothing. Just, nothing. And it's like you think of those kind of movies, and this is like, well, the industry because again, the industry they'll make those movies, but they'll use it almost as as like a as a harbinger. It's like, oh well, oh, see, we'll see, yeah, see, we made this movie. No one, no one went to see it. But it's like you guys didn't promote it. You guys didn't even put it in the theaters right. long enough. You guys like all this shit. So it's like thinking of that, and I'm I'm phrasing this as a question. That's not a question, but it's like, will theaters or the industry? Kind of coming out of this, will they be cognizant enough to almost support those films so we can get more films out there, and make more money? Because that's that. That's the only thing I never understood. Was like for a long game, but again, no one thinks about the long game in this country as we've seen, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. The long game would be support those movies, make them at a certain budget, and then you still get profit, and then they can keep long, they can last off, and then you can make more movies like that. You can sure. make more money off them, but they don't care. No, that's not, if they're not making a billion, if they're not making a billion dollars or right off the bat, I mean, then it's like at whatever. This, at this point, a billion dollars is like the the minimum, right? So I think uh, one of the interesting things to come out of the whole isolation, everything being shut down right now with movies, is these low to mid-budget movies being released on VOD mm-hmm. doing an incredibly good job. Right. Um, most recently, like the one that I watched, uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Right. Kind of a perfect movie to release on VOD. What does that mean for when everything opens up? Are movies like that just going to be VOD now? I know that Universal threatened to just do all VOD after Trolls 2 was a just a smash hit. Right. That just took the world by storm. They, they went on tour... But uh, what's going to happen to movies like Bill and Ted Face the Music after everything's said and done? Movies, <laughs> movie theaters are going to open back up eventually. Yes. That's, that's not, they're not going away. What we're, I think what you and I are kind of focusing in on is what's going to happen to uh, indie theaters and what's going to happen to, like, you know, I saw, uh, let's say, I saw Parasite at an AMC. Mm-hmm. And this is a little bit of an outlier because Parasite was such a huge phenomenon. But 
are movies like that going to be playing at AMC anymore? Right. Is AMC going to support smaller movies and that, like the and, way they've done in the past? And that, yeah, and that's the question I'm asking yeah. as well. Where, where, um, I, th- I think VOD is is just from from coronavirus. I think VOD has just taken its place in our the way that movies work. It is now, and, and, and people were saying that was that was that was going to be a future anyway. Like this was a inevitable inevitable and coronavirus. This kind was of like just, the final straw, right? That like now VOD is going to forevermore be a way that movies always come out, right? And will that be again? We'll we'll, we'll just have to see if that's the case. But again, I'm 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 hopeful. Maybe to an idiotic fault, but it's like I'm just hopeful. Where it's like hopefully, again, like you said, it, it, it's that feeling kind of kind of coming coming gone away. It's hard to fucking gauge. It is, especially right now, where it's just like hopefully people will want to go back to the movie theaters. Yeah, hopefully again in, in a safer environment. I I, I I think so too, and I, I hope they will. And again, hopefully not for just hey, what's the next Marvel movie? What's right. the next Mission Impossible movie? What's the next? Um, well, you can just you can just. Go ahead and wrap that all in one bundle and say what's the next Disney movie. They don't own... No, not much of them. Oh, okay, yeah. Think, so that's, that, think, my brain was breaking down. No, yeah. no, no. I think you could just kind of short shorthand that. Right, no, yeah, but, but, yeah but, but will, will people go out for like, oh, again, that, that Knives Out movie looks really interesting. Let's go watch it. And it makes like almost, almost $400 million at, at right. worldwide. Will that happen again? Right. Will something like a Get Out happen again? Or will that just... And again, I, I'm know, almost maybe, thinking... I'm almost thinking almost like how we get this in waves, where it's like, again, in the 50s, Hollywood started making these big budget, Vista Vision, Technicolor films because TV was was taking over. You know what would be an interesting thing to look at? The 19, uh, like 1923 or 1922, mm-hmm. after the influenza pandemic. Right. What happened to the movie theater industry right after that? Obviously, VOD didn't exist in the 20s. Uh, the 1920s, but kind of what what was the what happened to the movie theater industry? Right, right then. Right, because we're almost in the same situation. I mean, to a degree, but we also have more stuff to do. This is true. There, there's true. there's more things to do in general, and also, um, well, I was gonna say I don't. That's a good question, but I was gonna say like 1930 was when sound became a mainstream thing. So sound came in. Took them a couple years so to kind of get that. Is we need something new and fresh yes. for our movies. We got okay, so we started. They were just movies. We're just seeing moving pictures. Boom, right. Next up, we've got audio. We've got color. I think we got three D, right? Yeah, we've got all these new things. I think we need another sense to inject. <laughs> you want to bring back smell of vision? It's either smell of vision or we. Well, I know they've got those like 4DX things where the chairs punch you in the throat when you're watching like John Wick or whatever. But I think maybe we need something like that where it's like, yeah, movies are back, and guess what? This time they smell like shit. Like, you know what I mean? Really bring them back. Or it's like you're watching a love movie and like. Someone embraces you. Someone from the oh, like yeah. someone from the audience comes and actually hugs you at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't go see Gaspar Noe's Love in 3D now. <laughs> really interactive. Um. <laughs> so no, yeah. So let's talk about the movies we actually have had a chance to see. Sure. This year again, besides My Hero Academia: Heroes Rising, which, which again, is obviously if, your number one movie of the year. Yeah, I mean, again, if you actually like My Hero Academia, go watch that movie. It's really fun cool. if you can find it. But um, no, it's interesting how like. I was even telling one of my best friends, like, I don't even want to make a top ten list this year because it's like I don't see the point. 
I don't. I'm not into it this just, year. Just do it, man. Just like. Here's but at the same time, it will be a fascinating document to kind of like this is what 2020 I know, was. I know. But I'm like, I don't know if I have. I don't know if I can get it up for that. Yeah, right now. I, I'll, I'll have to see. I'll have to see. Just fake it. I, mm, like I think uh, I can't fake with movies. It knows. <laughs> That's true. Um, I mean, I just. I mean, I keep a running list of all the movies I've seen and just kind of like look at it that way throughout the year. I can't do that because I'm always just having a movie on, and I'm just like, does that count? Uh, it's like 40% of it. Eh. And now I'm talking about movies that you've seen. You know, it's 2020. I sat down and I watched a full movie because it was a new movie. Right. That goes on the list. Okay. So that's kind of how I'm done. Yeah, I'm, 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 thinking, I'm thinking Letterbox, actually. I'm thinking like, because I'll just sit oh, down. No, 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 no. You're right now, I'll just sit down. I'm and not like, talking about like when I built a couch while watching Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I didn't watch Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I was specific. It was specific because it happened. And it wasn't a couch. It was that table right there. <laughs> Why Mrs. Delphine? Yeah, I don't know. Just put it on. Um, so yeah, some, so some of the movies that we've seen this year... Um, I guess some of the best movies you've seen this year? Yeah, sure. Notable. What are you thinking? Uh, I mean... Do you want me to start? Well, by all means, go ahead. Number one, for me right now, the, the one movie I can definitely say is my favorite movie of the year is Palm Springs. That was a big one. That, that was, was a big that was one. That was a big one. And yeah. that one has a really cool story coming out of what? Sundance? Yes. Yes. Sold sold for the highest amount that any movie's ever sold by 69 cents. Yep. Nice. Um, yeah, it's a cool uh, little romance, comedy, uh, supernatural kind of movie. Have you seen this movie? No. Okay. Um, I know of it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, I don't really want to get into it. Um, because it's so surprising, mm-hmm. um, but it's a hell of a movie. It's really funny. It's really sweet. Andy Samberg um, is very good in it. Uh, he's he's kind of being forced to do a little bit more than the Andy Samberg thing, and like he does it pretty fucking well. Yeah. He's a little bit more nihilistic and sad in the movie, and I, I think he pulls it off pretty well. Uh, Kristen Milioti's in it, and she's great. She needs to be uh, in every movie. She needs, yeah, she needs to be more. It's like she's it's, got. It's She's funny. got like movie star like quality. Work. Yeah, and it's interesting how like we're in this era of like almost too many actors in so many things. Absolutely, and it's just like everyone's and people have like they, they stand for people or they you know whatever for for certain people. But it's like she again. I don't want to. I don't want to go too far outside the box here. But like she's someone that's like oh you can kind of like you said you can kind of tell there there could be a lot more done with her. Oh yeah, if done right. Yeah, and she's been working for a while. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't really... I mean, what's the biggest thing she's been in? Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, that and How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. So, I mean, she's been around, but she's she, she's a lead in, in Palm Springs, and she fucking brings it. Nice. She's very funny. And, and that's a movie that you kind of mentioned where it's just like, would that movie just work better on VOD, or would you just ri- or would you risk putting it in theaters? Here's the thing about... Now, that's actually a perfect example, because this movie... I must have had a very low budget. Yeah. From what I like, just looking at it, it's one or two sets, two, now three. If J.K. Simmons shows up for a minute, so three notable actors. Uh, it's just kind of like a, uh, a comedy with a little bit of a supernatural kind of twist to it. Yeah. Does that movie need to be seen on a big screen? No. Would that movie be awesome to see in a theater full of people who don't expect what's going to happen? And there's so many good jokes. Fuck yeah. So there, yeah, it's that two twofold thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, sure. Tenet probably looks crazy on the big screen, but you know, whatever. But it's not always about what you're seeing. 
it's kind of an experience sometimes. Yeah. I think Palm Springs would be a fucking blast to see with a theater full of people who don't know what's about to happen. So who knows? But right, I, right. I went straight to Hulu. So there you have it. Um, the movie I'm thinking about, and this is and this is more of like this is this recontextualizes everything just because this is more recent. But Spike Lee's The Five Bloods. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That I saw that movie in a very important part in my life recently okay. versus like that movie kind of knocked me out yeah. and knocked me out in a very emotional and melancholic way I mean for, let, before we go any further rest in peace Chadwick Boseman absolutely absolutely so surprising again like just just the fact that not many people knew he was sick and how like Disney didn't know which it's black, crazy. which blows and my he's mind just out there making action movies yeah like I'm again that this that's that's like the least important thing as far as this all goes but absolutely. just just it is, it's impressive it, to say that not, absolute least. Not, I mean it's impressive but I'm just I'm just mind boggled like how how do you make a film when he's sick and you don't know and yeah. then it's I don't know like Disney didn't know Ryan Coogler didn't know that's Spike right. Lee didn't know that's and it's a like, tough fucking dude yeah. yeah but I'm just thinking like yeah. how how I, I guess I'm just I'm just fascinated like how do you make a movie and not be aware of the fact that your one of your leads actors is going in and out of surgery again it's Crazy. yeah again that's, that's the least important thing but that his scene his last scene in Five Bloods destroyed me yeah. And now just thinking about it now, it's like, I don't know if I could watch that I was, again. You took the words out of my mouth. I was going to interrupt you. I'm glad I didn't because you just said what I was going to say. Knowing uh, everything that he just went through and that he just passed. Yeah. I don't know the next time I'm going to be able to watch that movie just because of that last scene. Yeah. It is. And again, that's fucking unreal. That scene wrecked me as it did. Before anything. Before anything. Because that was that was the best. I think I wrote about this on social media as well, because that was that scene was the best version of inner peace I've ever seen in oh, recent memory. That's a really good one. Yes. Like maybe, maybe outside of something Scorsese has done, um up there. Where, where it's just like it's very transcendent. It's it is. In a, and I it's don't very like to mythical. use that word. I don't like to use the word too much because it's like no, it's transcendent. Right, yeah. no, but, but it, it is. It really actually is. It is, and it's mythical to a degree, to it a is. large degree. It's 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 otherworldly. It's it's something where Well, it's 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 that whole scene, uh Bozeman is used so well in that scene because yeah. he has an ethereal quality to him regardless. Yes. He him showing up in Black Panther, yeah, sure, he's a great movie star, he's a great action star, but there's just something about Chadwick Bozeman where you're like this guy has some sort of regal, yeah, uh, heavenly element to him. Yeah, and and and, and, and that that also appeared to him as like Thurgood Marshall. That also appeared to him as Jackie mm-hmm. Robinson, James Brown, sure. all the uh, movies he played. And that, I think that's even why Spike Lee like casted him for this, where it's just like you need someone of that kind of that kind of that brings that presence. Yes, by almost just appearing, he almost doesn't have to work at it. He just like he comes in, like, oh no, it's the same. All right, I believe everything he says. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. He's so important just by looking at him and knowing who he is. Yeah. That everything else that happens is just like elevated. Yeah. Because it's Chad with Bozeman. Yeah. Which like I t- I took him for granted. I really did. I knew. Well, obviously I was wrong, but I seeing him in all these movies that he did in the past like five or six years, mm-hmm. I was just like so not. Um, I was just like 
he's going to be one of the greats. Mm-hmm. And, like, didn't think about it past that. Right, right, right. It was just, like, you look at him, you're like, that dude's going to be one of the absolute no, you, you, you important just kind of, actors of his generation. He just kind of assumes, like, oh, no, he's going to be... And you just don't think about he's, it. He's going to be winning awards. He's going to be here and there. He's he going to be, like... He's he going to... He was going to be in our lives forever. Okay, it's cool. Yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. I mean, he left us with an incredible... Yes, he did. ...career. Uh, my first introduction to him was Fringe. He's in one yeah. episode of Fringe. Uh, I... To this day, remember him in that episode because of it's fucking chatted with both. Right. Like, before I even knew who he was. Yeah. And and, and not to sidestep in, I mean, not to sidestep this or the other conversation, but they're like, the rest of the movie is, I think it's one of Spike Lee's best already. Defy Bloods? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm loving it. I, that movie. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to talk about with that movie. There is. Uh, but even, Delroy even, Lindo. I mean, good lord. Is, I mean, I don't know what the Oscars look like this year. Yeah, who knows? But it doesn't seem like, like at the moment... There's really no other competition, and I still don't think he's going to win because the Oscars are the Oscars. <laughs> uh, but but Delroy Lindo in that movie, good lord, yeah. I never, I don't think I've ever seen anyone perform PTSD and anger the way that he does. Yeah, it, it's so unique, and it's and riveting. You can kind of feel it off the screen. Hard to look at almost. Yeah, because how real it is. But yes, um, yeah, the Five Bloods would have been great to see. In theaters. Oh my god! Did that fucking aspect ratio? That, yeah, the aspect at the beginning. Yeah, the first time Vietnam, it happens. Yes. Um, Terrence Blanchard's draws that, that unreal score. Yeah. Oh, that score is so. It's such. It's like he was like, you need. What do you need? A like a Vietnam score? Got it. Yeah. And like, somehow just like created like. What a Vietnam score needs to be, right? Like, with those horns it's and like, so good. Oh. it's so good. Yeah, yeah. Defy Bloods like is. It, I'm just I'm just so excited about that movie every time I talk about it. Same here. It's it's very important already. Yeah, and it kind of feels like maybe it's not getting as much love as it needs to. Well, unfortunately, because of everything that's going on, everything that's kind of going on, which almost which helps in its prominence as well. But again, it's the movie thing where it's just like that. Came, I mean, again, we don't even know what time, what what is timing this year anymore. Yes. but that came out what in June, and it's already September. So you could have told me it came out three years ago. I would not know the difference. I yeah, I'm lost. Right. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, Another movie of yours. Uh, uh, the Assistant. Oh yeah, love the assistant. The assistant was, uh, was that Kitty Green uh, directed this movie mm-hmm. with um, Julia Garner. Julia Garner, yeah. Who uh, I've I've been a fan of hers for a while. So the assistant, um, I will say real quick. The the one yes. thing that annoys me about the assistant, she does not know how to do dishes. Interesting. Um, <laughs> That's the one thing that interesting, me. very problematic thing that you just said on the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> that was the one thing that annoyed me about that movie. Whereas it's like she just takes like the sponge, she just kind of gently goes. So we've over got it on record that you're mad when and... women don't do dishes properly. Got it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the assistant not. I have, to no, be, I have no comeback for that. Okay. Uh, the assistant not to be the fuck out. No, same here. Uh, if this is a movie about nothing. Uh, about take, nothing. I, I mean, there's no plot. Which is great. Yeah, it's great. Uh, this movie took takes place in a office of a movie studio. Yes. The entire movie takes place in this office, and it's literally just this assistant going about her day, dealing, which, dealing it, with the horrors of working in Miramax, essentially. I was going to say, yeah, which may, yeah, which may or may not be Miramax, and may or may not be for Harvey Weinstein. Can I tell you? The moment that this movie won my heart. Go, yeah. It was about five minutes in 
when she's setting everything up and these two gentlemen come in in their suits to talk about movie deals. And yeah, in the yeah. background, you just hear one of them say something along the lines of, we're not going to give him, we're not going to give him first billing. He already got the end. And I'm like, <laughs> these guys are, these guys are low key discussing billing order on a movie. This is for me, baby. Um, no, this is a very serious movie. Um, kind of about, yeah, like I said, it's like, it's like about the horrors of working in an office like this. Yeah. If you're, especially for a woman. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of like the perfect kind of, uh, it's like the perfect Harvey Weinstein. What I love most about reaction. it, what I, what, what I love most about it, was how emblematic everything was. Yes. How everything on the fringes it was. So you don't see anything. Nothing. You don't even ever see the guy she worked for. No, you, you don't. Hear him but, on, but, on the phone once or twice. But. Yeah, which is which is ingenious. But it's, I just love how everything is just out of sight. Mm-hmm. So you have to feel it. Yeah. You have to, you have to, you have to feel the the tentacles almost. It's a very you have to feel like the presence yes. of it, and I thought that was a really smart way of doing that. It's a very cold movie, like uh, it, I guess it could be. Yeah, I guess I, I guess it I could just, be cold. It, it's not. It's not ever. It doesn't ever reach out to to the audience and explain itself. Um, no, it's if you don't, but, but, if you don't but know anything film, about the but, movie industry, you might not know anything that happens in the movie. True, but I was gonna say I feel like this film is so expertly done where I don't think it needs to explain anything, even to people who don't know sure. much about sure. the. Yeah, no, I would have. I feel I like liked it less if it had. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. No, but I feel like this That's, movie—it's it's a bonus. Yeah, you know, for sure. Yes, for sure. But this film is so intelligently done; it's stepping up to its audience instead of it's stepping instead of talking down to them. I, and I feel like the audience is able to step up to that. And I feel like if, even if you don't know anything about the industry, where I feel like you can get the presence, like something's wrong here. Yes, yeah, there is. I was. That's my next point. This movie's brutal. Yeah, and it is. Uh, Cruel, yeah, and it is grim. It does those things without almost doing them, which I think is the ingenious part of it, which Absolutely. is the fun part of it. It's like so the, good. the scene with Matthew McFadden. Now, that M- McFadden, yeah, is probably the only part of this movie that's trying to explain what's going on. Yeah, it's a very, it's the most obvious part of this movie. It is, it is, uh, but but it's also still maybe my favorite scene in the movie. But it still doesn't explain anything, nope. which is still great because they're talking in such jargon. It's all in circles. It's all in circles. It's very indirect. It's very like I'm threatening you, but I'm not because if I did threaten you, you could use it against me. So I'm not saying anything, but you know I'm saying something. It's oh, very good. And it's so it's such a labyrinth. But you can still tell like it's very something cerebral. It is, but yeah. you can still tell that something is very wrong. Is very wrong here. She presented the problem to you. You're not fixing the problem, but you're going to tell her that you are. But we, I can feel that you're not. We know you're not. And and it's something that I feel like if you just work at any workplace, mm-hmm. if you had any job whatsoever, unfortunately people have lost a lot of jobs this year. But again, that's just year in general, <laughs> unfortunately. But if 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 you've had any kind of working experience, you can feel that perfase persuasive. Like ticking or something. Absolutely, or I've been in this situation. Right. Not obviously not in this exact situation, but the situation of I need to tell my bosses something wrong is happening, but they don't want to deal with it, right? Because it's going to look bad on them, right? And or they're aware and they're just letting it happen and they don't want to deal with it. Like something, you it's know, something, something like that. Yeah. But in this movie, the stakes are so much worse than what you can expect them to be. Yes, because of what this movie is commenting on, right? Which is. Pretty much the whole Harvey Weinstein, Miramax, you know, uh, uh, exorcism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's. A great, but I it's love great. I love Gardner in this movie she's as well. So she's good. she's. 
It's one of those performances, and I think she, I mean, she, she's won an Emmy. She's been like a kid actor who's kind of really risen up the ranks. If you watch she's Ozark and striking. everything, no, she is, yeah, yeah for sure. And I love, I love her, I love her work, and I just love her as a performer. But this is the kind of performance where it t- it needs you to do a lot without doing much. I, 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 again, I joke about the dish, the dish scene, but even that tells you so much about her character. Yeah, where it's like. I'm gonna take care of this because no one else will. And that's what they expect of me, and, I, and I, that's what I expect of me as well. But why do they expect that of me? Right, because that's exactly. the job. Exactly. Why is that the job? Hmm. Okay. And it's like it's it's again it's a very cerebral movie yes. that doesn't say a lot. Um, you kind of just see her go about her day, but the way she goes about her day is where the it was where again where the action is the juice. Yes. Per se. It's so cool to just see. Her doing little thing. I gotta pick this person up. Every let me little... let me let me let me pick up this phone. Yep. Hey, switch me over to this. Can you deal with this? And I'll fight. you're the girl. All right, fine. I'll take care. Like all that yep. stuff is very it, again. It's builds and builds and builds. Where I think again, I, I like how you said uh, if you don't know what's going on with the movie industry, maybe you don't kind of get all the nuances of this. But I, again, I feel like what we know you... of women and what women do in, in in this country in general, it's very clever. Yeah, how they like you're talking about. Anyone can watch this movie and know that. This woman's going through something that she probably shouldn't be going through. Yes. Uh, in some way. Yes. Uh, and it doesn't ever tell you flat out. Yeah. But you, it has this sense of, like, creeping unease. And even even it's so small, cool, even small questions where it's just like, why is she picking why is she picking that girl up in the, in the limo? Why aren't those guys helping her? Why, why aren't her coworkers, the guys next to her, helping her this? Right. Why are they giving her side-eye looks? Why does she always have to take the wife's call? Right. Yes. All that stuff. It's not going to tell you anything, nope. but it help, but it hopes that you pay attention enough where you start to ask yourself the questions, and then you realize hopefully there can be some kind of you can come with your own answers. Hopefully this won't have won't have to be like such a common occurrence for people working in this industry. Absolutely, anymore. and just to top things off, my pick for best supporting actor, obviously Patrick Wilson in this movie. Next movie, go. I forgot he was in. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, God, um, I was hoping you picked that up. No, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> that that, that I mean, going really quick to back in. Patrick Wilson showing up in the elevator, not saying a word, and getting off just made the the entire. Uh, we didn't talk about this, but the entire office feels like an ecosystem. Yes, uh, and a perfectly built. It, it's like the world building of an office. Is yeah, perfect in this movie, and the fact that Patrick Wilson just gets on an elevator and gets off. Of course he would. He's got to meet someone there to read a script yeah. or something. Yeah, and like that's just what he's doing. Yeah, it's great. Again, we're we're all in our we're all in our little worlds. It's, it's just a day for him. It's it, yep. what you do. You kind of go in and now you don't think about things. But again, it's so precise and for reasons. Could you think like, of a better person than Patrick Wilson to put in that elevator in that movie? Denise Del Toro? No. Oh, yeah. Like somewhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you got? You got anything else? Um. So I'm cheating here. Okay. Which I like doing. Yeah. Not above some cheating. Okay. And I hope the Oscars do this, does this as well. But most human beings saw this movie this year. I think it's the best movie in the past five years. Portrait of Lady on Fire. Okay. You are cheating, but we're going to go with it. Again, most people saw it this year. That's, it, it, I'm just saying. I, it got released here this year, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so this so this movie. Yeah. This movie. I don't even know. Is it hot in here? Is it just... The, the fire, or is it just everything in that movie? Yes, I don't even know where to begin with this movie. I it's, that's it's, why I just said this movie. A couple it's times. such tiring achievement doesn't do enough. Masterpiece doesn't do enough. There are only a couple movies that made me feel this way in a theater. Okay, I can think of the top of my head. Um, 
Didn't get to see this one in the theater. Oh, just, just glorious in the theater. Like, I'm thinking of watching Moonlight for the first time in theaters. I'm thinking of watching The Writer in theaters. I'm thinking of watching um, The Master in theaters. Where it's just like, you know something titanic is happening to you. Almost immediately with this movie. Yes. Um, like, right from Jump Street, you, you realize this is a movie yes. that not only is going to stay with you for a long time, but... It's almost going to change you. It could. On an yeah. elemental level. Yeah, it definitely could. And I think it does. Yeah. The story's about, I don't even know, I don't even know, like, 1800s. Which is not fair to say because that's a whole century. I don't know. I don't know. But. Women in dresses and corsets and stuff. And the French. Yeah, it's a French. It's, it's a French. Um, <laughs> we should do that for now. What's this movie? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a French. It's a British. Um, it's just on Korean. No. Um, there's a painter. Who is high? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Painter gets sent to. Painter gets sent to an island to go paint a portrait of a woman who his mother is. Marry her off. Is marrying her off. Needs that picture to make that man to go, let me get that. Exactly. Um, she doesn't like to play ball. The girl who's being painted. The painter. No, the girl who's being painted is the most intense woman in the world. Yes. Her eyes. And again, bore, she bore holes through my skull. Yeah, and again, she doesn't like to be painted. She doesn't. She's she, she's a free thinker, quote unquote, as they say. The painter's job is to paint her without the girl realizing she's being painted. Right. And then we go from there. So they start spending time together so right. that she can kind of memorize features of her face. Yes. Uh, and, and then she has a painting from that. And then eventually the girl who's being painted realizes what she's doing, sees the painting, doesn't think it's that good, and is like, I'll just I'll just model for you then. And then she does. And then the painting's made. And then she gets married. And then things get hot and heated. Real steamy. Yes. And the thing is, the two girls fall in love. They do. They fall in love, and uh, the nation uh, fell in love with this film. Yeah. Uh, so the whole this, world this, fell in love with this film. This is an incredibly good movie. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It, I mean, if you boil it down, it is a romance, um, but it's it, it that feels productive um, because it's like, like you said, it's just so much bigger. Yeah. It's just yeah. It is. It's, I and I, I I know we're talking very are, are like about pretty much archetypes, um, but. Again, I don't want to go too deep in the weeds in this movie because we could just be here all night. Yeah, sure. But I will say, I, I will say two things about this movie. What you just mentioned, where it's like one, I love a romance movie that knows the romance can't stay together. There's a ticking time clock. On, yeah, yeah, on a exactly. Romance. And yeah. that's what this is, and this might be the best version of that kind of story I've seen in a long time. Much like where, the film Titanic. Per se, star-crossed <laughs> lovers. Something happens. Can they last? No. No. But what happens during that time? And like the iceberg and the ship going down, someone's getting married. No. Um, <laughs> it's much like that. Yeah. Right. No, but it's like I love how the girls are aware that we have this burgundy feelings for each other. We have this romance together. We have this love together, and they're aware that at a certain point. I have to go back. This has to end. This has to end. Yes. I have to go back and take care of my father's paint workshop. You have to go get married in Italy. Right. At a certain point, what we have is going to end. But until then, we have all this together. Right. Let's explore it and be in it as much as possible. And they do. And it's so it's it's so moving to see. It's so there's movies. 
modern movies, well, not modern movies, but movies in general do this thing where it's like they have to say something as a fact and you just have to believe it. Sure. I feel like Portrait Lady on Fire is maybe the one movie on top of my head, as I can think of right now, sure. at this late hour. Yeah, we're talking it is, about it. Where it's just like, when they say they love each other, I believe it. Fully. Yes. Immediately. Yes. Holy. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Where, where there will be times where it's like, oh, that person is really good at this thing. And it's like, all right, show me. And, and most like, most movies will show because it's hard. Yeah. This movie shows you what's going on. A lot of that is on the two performances. Yes. Where the movie doesn't. The, this movie is like spoiled because of these two. I don't know their names. I was gonna say we should say. I know it's um. It's um. <sighs> I could probably pull it up. No, I know. I know one was. Probably cut this part out. No, I know one of them's Naomi. Fuck. Adele and Naomi. I know the first name. You're absolutely like, right. I don't Adele Hanel and yeah. Naomi Merlant. Thank you. I probably pronounced all of that wrong. <laughs> um, but these two freaking actresses. I real quick. I remember. I this is this isn't true because they're they're both they've both been working for a while in the French industry, which is okay. great. And you can tell how good they are yeah, just yes. from this movie alone. But I, I I think at first I heard that um, Naomi was this is the first film. And my... Is that true? No, 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 it's not. Oh, my but God. But I heard... Okay. No, no, that, that was my gadget, because I heard that was at <laughs> first... That doesn't make sense. No, and I, and I was like, my brain fell out of my ear, because like, yeah. that, that's just not true. No, that can't be right. That yeah, could, okay. That could be no one's first performance. So that... Uh, yeah, but, like, back to that, it's they're just... They're both doing so much work... Yeah. Um, that the movie doesn't have to do any work to make you believe it, because everything in their performance is so real. Yeah. Like, they're... It's one of those few performances where it's like, are they acting or have they been living together for a little while? Yeah. You know, like, it's it's so real, that movie. And not only that, the one, the other thing I want to mention, and I'll let you go after this, but no, the, one thing, the one thing I want to mention, other than the thing I want to mention about this movie is how easy this film makes portraying the, the ethereal look. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, we see the vision of um, Eloise, mm-hmm. the, the Marianne is a painter. Eloise is the one being painted. Eloise, we see a vision of her in a, in a wedding dress every once in a while. Yes, and it's just it's yeah, like coming out of that dark. Kind yeah, of, yeah, and it's like coming out of the dark, pure white. She yeah. glows in out. You don't move. Doesn't even you make a mention of it. It's like what? It's like first time you see, it's like wait, what was that? Sure. Second time you see, it's like that's a vision. What does that mean? And it's like it becomes more frequent. It becomes more real each time. And this film does such a great job of just anchoring that, of just um, just depicting that in a way where it feels tangible, mm-hmm. where it doesn't feel like a throw-off, where it feels like this means something. Yeah. And then the last time we see Marianne in a wedding dress, it looks exactly like that. The door closes. That's the last time we see each other. Yeah, exactly. And it's like that's a vision of what this woman is going to be. I don't know. You can say so many things about the movie. But just talking about it right now, I'm just thinking, like, that's what this, this, what this woman's going to be, and you can't have her. Yeah. And it's just like it's damn. tragic. It's it, it is tragic, and but it's lovely. It, it is, and then yeah. like I even think about the last scene of the movie where we see her, where we see Marianne see Eloise across the opera house, right. listening to the music. The the movie, the, the camera pushes in on Eloise's face as she starts to join the music, and it's just she like she doesn't look. She doesn't look. Yeah, and it's, it's just like crazy. thank God she doesn't look. Yeah. Yep. This movie's yep. This, this, I mean, it's a masterpiece. It's been, it, you know it released in festivals last year. Yeah. 
knows? I, I who knows? Maybe they'll fucking submit it for this year's Oscars because like all. Again, I keep saying to people like I, I, I hope we listen. This Oscars, this year's this year's weird anyway. This yeah. Oscars gonna be weird Might anyway. As well. can, can we just fuck? Why not? It would win. Why not? It would win. It won Best Picture. Why not? It, it would win at the very least international. Yeah. No, nothing would beat it. Right. Um. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna just get a quick fire a couple movies. We're not gonna dive into really. Sure. Quick, but. Uh, you know, we were just talking about a pretty highbrow movie, Portugal mm-hmm. Fire. I'm going to bring it down to my level, um, <laughs> really quick. One of my favorite movies of the year, A Whisker Away, a little Japanese animated movie that got dropped on Netflix and never thought of again. Uh, what is Whisker Away? Uh, Whisker Whisker Away is the cutest fucking movie that's come out this year. It is about <laughs> a it's about a sad girl uh, who. Of course it is. Oh my god, it's so good. How sad is he? No, 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 no. She's not that sad. Oh, okay. She on a scale of one to James, how sad is how sad is she? Uh, uh like, like m- me in November. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It's about a schoolgirl in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, has a lot of interior sadness, but she puts on nothing but optimism on the front as a cover. She ends up finding this mask that turns into a cat. And she ends up using that uh, to fall in love with a boy at her school that she really likes. She follows him around as cat. The movie's fucking cute. It's like if Spirited Away and the cat returns had a little, a little, a little pet that they adopted. I was going to say, this sounds endearing. I want to watch it. It's this. incredibly endearing. Uh, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the G- original Japanese title of the film, which wasn't A Whisker Away, is much better than the actual film itself. Um and I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure the original Japanese title of this movie was something in the vein of feeling sad I pretend to be a cat. That was like the, the cadence of the original films. It's incredible. That's real, like this is exactly what it is on the tin. Maybe. No, the name of the movie was just like, this girl's sad and she gets a cat mask. That's real. That's really, real. really good. That's real, the assassination uh, of Jesse James by the Kyle Robert Ford title. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, some other good movies that I've seen this year, um, the half of it, another Netflix movie, a little rom-com, one of my favorites, really, really good. Um, King of Staten Island, surprisingly. I've heard good things. Surprisingly good. Yeah, I've heard good things. I mean, I'm not, it's not like a home run for Apatow or Davidson. Sure. Uh, definitely a home run for Bill Burr, though. Uh, he, oh, nice. I, I don't know what Bill Burr's been doing with his whole life. But he needs to start just pulling up and winning supporting actor nominations left <laughs> and right because he's really fucking good. Um, l- let's just talk about it. I feel like you must have seen it. It's one of the big movies this year. First Cow? I haven't seen it. Come on. I know. Kelly Reichardt's I know. First Cow? Yeah, I haven't seen it, unfortunately. Oh, man. Well, oh, I was I was going to try to avoid admit, admitting that in the podcast, but no. I I'm so sorry. It. Yeah, it's okay. I'm no, so sorry. No, you put me on blast. It's fine. No, oh. I haven't had a chance to see it. But again, I've heard it's Kelly Reichardt. It's, it's Kelly Reichardt. Uh, she continues to blow my fucking mind with yeah. how completely fearless she is at just being patient. She will just put the brakes on and just let you just bask in some kindness and she's in no hurry to get anywhere else. And that's almost all of First Cow. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, I'll quick fire a couple, and if I land on anything you've seen, we'll get into it. Sure. Invisible Man. Her Good Things. Okay. Vast of Night. I don't even know what that one is. The Vast of Night was this really little movie that got dropped on Amazon Prime. Um, imagine if a couple years ago, J.J. Abrams woke up, and he got the script to Super 8, and he was like, I would like to make a Steven Spielberg homage movie, but it was good. 
a Super 8 that's good. I can't picture it. Okay. But it's interesting. Uh, this Because, listen, uh, look, look, quick, quick sidebar, listeners. Yeah, Super 8's not good by any means, and J.J. James is a hack. Go ahead. Uh, sidebar on that sidebar, listeners. Toby's right, but I do like Super 8. Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, The Vast of Night's a cool little, uh, cool little, I don't want to call it sci-fi, but because it, it's so low budget that they don't even get into that, but it's, uh, it's cool. It, it, it's very Spielbergian, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, definitely check it out. Okay. Um, we already talked to Five Bloods. How about Emma? Didn't get a chance to watch Emma. How about Greyhound? Yeah, it didn't, didn't bother me. <laughs> Greyhound's kind of cool. I heard Greyhound's good. Greyhound's Tom is, Hanks writing the script. Uh, you know what the script is? I don't know how he wrote the script. You want, here's the script. Stop on the park side, 45 meters. And then like fucking 3,000 men yelling back what he just said. A lot of explosions. How, him how have you never done that voice before? <laughs> I don't know. I'm so sorry. Uh, we, uh, you know, uh, now, so now we're getting into some territory here where these are movies I actually saw in theaters. Uh, before the world shut down. Yeah. Uh, we've got movies like uh, Pixar's Onward, which was fine. Okay. And made me cry. Um, Why did it make you cry, James? It made me cry because they cheat. <laughs> they cheat. The movie, the movie was fine, and I was mildly invested in two of the characters. And then at the end, they're like, oh, what if we like pull this string? And I'm like, it worked. <laughs> so... So Pixar uh, does it again. Yeah, they did it again. It's one of their ugliest movies, though. I, it's the animation is. Oh really? Uh, I would not have been surprised if like freaking Blue Sky put it out. I don't, <laughs> don't think it's a good look. <laughs> um, we've got Ben Affleck in The Way Back. Yeah, people raved about that one. It's actually kind of good. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it's Gavin O'Connor. I think Gavin O'Connor. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of yeah. He's good. Yeah. He's, he's good at these he's solid. sentimental sports movies. Yep. So uh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, another uh, The Lodge, which I it was a horror movie with Riley Keough. Oh, uh, and I, I listen. I'm in a Riley Keough fan club. I didn't get a chance to see it though. Yeah, yet. I don't know how you feel about it. I feel like you might like it. Okay. Uh, I remember seeing the trailer. It's and I, hereditary esque, but I, it doesn't do the stuff that you hate in Hereditary. And kinda, already, kinda, it kind of sticks to like what it's doing the whole time. I I remember seeing the trailer. I'd be like, okay, but Riley Keough's in it, so I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. Uh, we, we got, uh, well, let's talk about I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Sure. We can get into that real quick. Um, good. Uh, agree. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. No. Um, <laughs> I will just say this. I've been, I don't know much she studied. I know I first saw her in, in FX's Taboo that Tom Hardy made. Jesse Buckley continue. Yeah. she continues to do no wrong. She continues her stock. If you haven't bought stock already, I don't know what to tell you. Um, get in. Yeah, I mean, listen, if, if it's not too expensive for you now, get in. Yeah. But she is, she's doing like Olympic size work in this movie. Can I give you a quick hot take? Please. This is the third movie I've seen Jesse Buckley in, in which I would give her many awards for a movie I didn't really care for. This, Judy. Nope. What was, what are you up to? Well, you, the, the other main one is Wild Rose. I think she's fucking incredible in Wild Rose. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. like Wild Rose. No, I don't either. That you, you, you want to talk about movies by the numbers? Yep. Good lord. Yep. Uh, and the third one was Beast with Johnny Flynn. Right. Uh, right. Forgot about that one. I, I, I'd like to revisit that one because it's got such a weird fucking vibe to it. But yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't love it, but she was so good in it. Right. So I'm thinking of anything. Is, is Charlie Kaufman's new movie? Uh, written directed. Written directed by. My favorite madman on the planet. Uh, it's probably my least favorite thing he's done. I, 
My problem is, I'm glad What's you said this movie. Up? No, 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 no. I was. I'm glad. It, I'm glad that you said that out loud. Okay. Because since I saw it on Saturday, I feel like I've had the same thing, but I didn't want to say it out loud. Okay. I want to give it another shot for sure. I will eventually. I I, I think the first half is amazing. Before they get to the house, or like while they're in the house, before they get to school, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Before they get to school, I'm like, I'm. I'm I think Jesse Buckley's opening monologue is one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Yes. Uh, it's incredible. That car ride, I could have been in that car ride for another hour. Me too. Yeah, I, I, was, I was, again, I, I... I wouldn't have put it past Charlie Kaufman to just do that. I wouldn't either. Which is a bummer, but right. whatever. Um, I was going to say, it almost reminds me of the like, Studio Ghibli thing I do every once in a while, where it's just like, listen, I know the plot has to kick in, but can I just vibe in this world for a while? We don't need to. Right, yeah. we don't need to. Like, again, I'm, you know me, I'm always like, take more plot out. I yeah. don't care about the, give me a story. Again, that car ride was so fascinating and interesting and it told so much about those two characters. so much. It did. It said not even just like why Lucy or Lucia, whatever her name is, which is the running gag through the movie, like not only is she correct in her assessment of what their relationship is, Mm -hmm. but also like I can see why you guys got together in the first place. Absolutely. Which she mentions as well. Like she, I think that's what I I like so much about the first part of the movie where it's like I don't I can't recall an American film being this honest of what it is to be in a relationship. Like the ups and downs, loving someone, being annoyed by them at the same time, liking their flaws, being disgusted by their flaws, and just almost having like an indifference to them, but also loving at the same time. It's even more specific than that because it's about a seven-week relationship. That too. Like where you're just not even sure if you want to even stick it out. Right. Uh, Even the fact like I haven't even told my parents about this guy yet. Like even all that, like it's such a – I thought that, and I, I never will. And like, I never will. That, that line is so yeah. good. And it, but it's like the and like even him was like, oh, like I I I I I'm interested in my girlfriend's work and I'm and I'm invested in it. And I'm knowledgeable about yeah. it. Like all of that stuff. Again, it's so. Again, I can't think of an I can't think of an American film off the top of my head that touched on a relationship this honestly from all corners. Sure. And that's the and I think that's the cool thing we like about Charlie Kaufman in general where it's like he's kind of able to look at things that simply from just a different point of view and a different degree and like, what if I did this? Or what if I looked at it from this point of view and did all that? All of his movies, whether he's written or directed them, are it's almost a miracle that they exist. Yeah. Because of how scary they are mm-hmm. when they talk when they're talking about things that are so human. Like, I mean synecdoche is I need to watch it again. I always want to watch it, but then I'm always <laughs> afraid to watch it. Synecdoche um, <laughs> is essentially like a horror movie about dying. Yeah, um, and it it's so it's so scary to watch because and I was going to say like, not even not even dying, but experience your death while you're living. Yeah, it's it's terrifying, and like it, it's so like the best word you just put you could have said is honest. It's like you. Phil Seymour Hoffman's character, that movie, is just, like, degrading yeah. and becoming less relevant in his own life. And it's, like, the way it's portrayed is, like, yeah, this would suck really bad. I don't want this to happen to me. So, so can I ask you, and and, I, and I'll ask this question myself as I want to answer it. So, because you kind of alluded to before, was there a point of, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of leaving things, was there a point that it, was there a point that you almost cashed out? No. Okay. No, I don't or, think I or ever... let me let me rephrase this. Was there a point that was there a point you thought was going to click for you and it just didn't? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, uh, let me let me elaborate. Sure. Um, there is a point in the movie that I thought, all right, I'm about to buckle up because mm-hmm. shit's about to go 
into Kaufman verse. Yeah. And then it just never did. Yeah. And that bumped me out, and I don't think I ever recovered. Okay. Um, which is the spoiler alerts for I'm thinking of anything. Sure. I guess. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't seen a Charlie Kaufman movie, this is a Charlie Kaufman movie. <laughs> um, That's a good point. Try spoiling this movie. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, there's a point in this movie where the main character, played by Jesse Buckley, is sitting in a living room with her boyfriend and her two parents and his two parents. She goes and she looks out the window, and the second she turns around, they're gone. Yeah. And this is the moment that I think, like, okay. here we go. Like yeah. Charlie Kauf- Kaufman's physics are about to start yeah. kind of coming to play, and they do. Uh, it, everything becomes very surreal for a little while. The car- the parents keep aging forwards and backwards. They get sick. They get healthy. Th- things are happening. Like time doesn't make sense for a minute. Uh, and then after that, like that that idea sort of persists throughout the movie. But like I don't feel like he ever. I don't feel like he ever does anything with it the way that he does with Synecdoche. Yeah, I was gonna or say with like an- anom- anomalies. Right, right. I was gonna. Yeah, I think I agree with you at that point. Like I. I don't think he went as deep with that as I thought he would have. Like, yeah. like that that part wasn't a deal breaker for me. I thought it was really interesting, but I do agree with you. Where it's just like, yeah, let's buckle in. This is gonna get shit, and and it's like, oh, it's that's it. All right. It almost like it's almost like he put cruise control on after that. Kind of, yeah. Which that's like, how I felt when they got to the school. Where it's like, and again, things weird things do happen, but I mean, the whole dance. It sequence. didn't feel it didn't feel Kaufman weird to me. No, it didn't. It, it and I, I'm. I, I'm trying not to be too negative because I did like the movie. Yeah, I, I, I do too. But it says, I was like, I, I was expect. I don't know. I was, I was like, I was expecting this, but I there expected are, that. There are moments in every Kaufman movie, uh, you know, being John Malkovich uh, adaptation. Yeah, whatever. Even Eternal Sunshine. Sunshine. Yeah. yeah, there are movies, moments in all of these movies, especially the ones he's directed, Synecdoche and Anabolisa. Yeah, where I feel like the floor has dropped out beneath me, and I'm not really sure what's about to happen, but I'm very scared. Um, and his movies aren't ever horror movies, but they're psychologically challenging. Yes. Um, and like, I mean, the, the dream sequence in Anomaly, so where he pulls his face off. Yeah. Uh, it, it, like all of Synecdoche, New York, the, the, the physics of Synecdoche, New York, where the, the building yeah. is, the city is inside the building the city, and, then, yeah. and, and it just keeps, like that scares me in a way that I can't explain <laughs> Like it, it's true dream logic. Yeah. Like we're like I'm like I I don't understand what's happening here. Yeah. But it but it all makes sense within the rules of the movie, and it doesn't feel like any of that ever happened. And I'm thinking of ending things. Um. So I don't know. Like this is a weird movie. This yeah. This is a very weird movie that I I feel like I might just sort of forget about, which bums me out. Because I remember even the school part where again when she go, when Jesse Bucky goes down to the. Basement. She opens up the washing machine. She pulls out the janitor's uniform. Yeah. And I think we're supposed to. Not maybe supposed to. That Jake is the, the janitor. Old man and yeah. All these weird flash forward flashback. Right, games. right, right. And then it goes into school, and then it just kind of plays around with, again, like the the play with the odd makeup and and, all, and I, I didn't get it. And it's like <laughs> I don't. Again, this is why I, I want to rewatch this film. And this is why I keep telling people this. I need to rewatch um, Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse, where it's just like, it's not. I don't have to get it. That's fine. Like I'm fine with movies. Not, that does that's not the point. I need to know if the film understands what it's doing. Yes. And I don't. And that's why I, I don't know if that's the case with the lighthouse. No offense, to Robert Eggers. He's not listening sure, to this boy. Sure. But like, no offense, to Robert. Eggers, but like, I want to understand if the film understands what it's doing. I don't want to say that about Kaufman's movie because I have more a higher level of respect or um, 
admiration for Kaufman, but it's like I almost want to watch the movie again to be like, what what was the movie trying to say and did it say it in a way that communicated to me as an audience to understand what it is. Right. And again, I'm not saying I I'm not saying that I want the film to tell me everything it's doing. That's not the what I'm saying. I'm just trying to understand like like again, like a Sydney New York or like an anomalisa where it's just like, oh, okay, I get I get what this movie's doing. Yes. Maybe not in a way I can under, explain or, under, or or even tangibly understand it, but on a subconscious level, I get what this is doing. I get what this wavelength is that this movie's on. I didn't kind of get that from this movie. I can almost always boil down what I've said boil down a lot this uh, this episode. Uh, I can almost kind of uh, take every Kaufman movie and tell you what he's making the movie about. Yeah. Uh, you know, Synecdoche, like I said, is about dying. Anomalisa, to me, is about boredom and like, apathy. Um, and I don't know what this movie's about, mm-hmm. is my thing. I don't know what he's doing. I don't really understand why Jesse Plemons ends up being the main character at the end of the movie. I don't really get... I don't know. I just... I had a hard time connecting this movie yeah I, I think I did too and again I, not, not, and I think you said as well like not saying that this movie's bad by any means I like the movie I, again I just at towards the end I'm just like almost alright come on like what what yeah. what, what, are we, well, what else well, is here let's, let's take a quick step back and put our hands together for the greatest visual gag of all time directed by Robert Zemeckis <laughs> which we've already talked about today <laughs> off mic again died laughing when i saw that like probably just, the funniest thing that's happened this year in any movie it's it's it was almost it almost reminded me it's a, it's the same thing but it reminded me of Adam McKay's vice where he did the fake just, i was just about to bring that up but this is better this is this is the good version of that <laughs> yeah. i laughed at Adam McKay's vice i did bit. too i thought it was funny yeah. but like i didn't realize what i was missing until charlie kaufman Cut in the middle of his movie and just put directed by Robert Zemeckis. It was and it's like he made a Robert Zemeckis movie for like five minutes. It's so good. <laughs> you almost don't even realize it. Right. It's so good. It's so good. Now, I, I, we're, we're talking a little bit down on this movie. Join us in probably a year and a half where we do a full episode on how perfect this movie is after we've understood whatever the fuck No, I, doing. I almost, like, I kind of almost want us to watch the movie and then come back and yes, do Yes, we could do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would love to do that. Because there's not many people that I get excited for more than Charlie Kaufman. Right. Yeah, so... Dude never makes movies anymore, so this is exciting that it exists at least. Yes, no, absolutely. And again, I I definitely want to do that. You and I discussed, um, we've done a couple episodes, covered Tom Hanks' career, covered Jake Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. One actor... Is there anyone you want to do? Well, there's one actor that's not in that hat. Is it Phoenix? It's Phoenix. Do you want to do Phoenix? And we were taught, you, you threw it, you threw this my way, that we should just do one for ourselves. <laughs> he just won an Oscar <laughs> for The Master. And... <laughs> And he won it for two lovers. What are you talking about? He, oh, you know what it was? It was for two lovers. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was for, it was for the immigrant. Go ahead. Should have been. Um, <sighs> which is exactly the whole thing. But yeah, you, you and I were talking about, like, why don't we just do one for Phoenix? He's one of our favorite actors. Do you want to do it for Phoenix now? We could, we could dive right into Phoenix. All right, let's do Phoenix. We're gonna, so we're just going to talk about the career of one Leaf Phoenix. Yes. Um, younger brother of River Phoenix. Um, and real quick... River Phoenix is my biggest what if in cinema history. It's up there. It, a person for me, it's sure. number one, but it's definitely up there. Where it's just like, what does the '90s look like if he's alive? Uh, does DiCaprio still have the same career? I don't know. That's exa- It's it's such a monumental shift. Yeah, 
Like, what happens? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if DiCaprio has a career. I, I don't, like, does it just stick to TV? Does it come later? Like, what, like, what, that's such a paradigm shift. Yeah. Considering how big River Phoenix already, already was by the time he unfortunately overdosed and died. Crazy. Um, and speaking of, um, when Phoenix won the Oscar for We Own the Night. Okay. When he was doing his acceptance speech, which... I was kind of going in and out, so I didn't hear the cow part. So, and people gotcha. are never freaking out about that. But you know, he talked a little bit about how much his brother's acting—not not just his brother's acting, but his brother in general means to him, and yeah. even, even more so now. Um, we both had brothers. I couldn't imagine not living without my brother. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you feel about your brother personally in those regards, but it's Goodbye. just like okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like it's it's just fascinating how how much of a North Star river remains to Joaquin. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's cool. It is cool. I, it, I mean, cool again, it's understandable. It's yes. very understandable. But it, it's, it's it, like, I don't even want to say, oh, even now, like, you don't, you're not going to forget your brother, especially if you're that close like they were. Yeah. And, and they, had, they had their background as they did. But, yeah, it's just, it's just fascinating to think about, again, like, what happens if Mon- Monty Cliff never got in his accident? What happens if Heath Ledger didn't die? Like, what, what, Chazic Boseman, I was we just, just about we just to say, we're, about. we're in the middle of one right now. We don't know what now. What happens if Philip Seymour Hoffman is still here? Like what? 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 God, it hurts. No, it, same here. But it's why? It, uh, I was gonna say Robin Williams, but he's he was kind of. He, I mean, career. he had a whole. He he did, but still, it's just like, I mean, yeah, you never know. No, you never know. He could have had another comeback. He could have yeah. had another resurgence. But it's just like it's just interesting how much. Just thinking about River right now, and I think it was his anniversary. The death. Was, what was that? His birthday recently? Yeah, I think so. Think so. Or it was like maybe thirty fifth anniversary. Uh, sorry, forgive me. I was I was just thinking about that as far as Joaquin goes. So do you want to do you want to do like top? Do you want to do his whole career? Do you want to do like top five or? Um, I mean, you and I should definitely. So the whole reason I think you threw the idea to me to mm-hmm. talk about just to to override the entire you know randomly picking an, an actor out of a hat. Yeah. To just say fuck it, this one's for us. We're yeah. talking about. Joaquin Phoenix because he's he's maybe the most important actor of my life like wow that's a big statement it is Um, and I'll back that up in a minute for like reasons why Um, but the reason you threw it to me is because he just won an Oscar um, for Parenthood yes and did you look that up? (laughs) no 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 I didn't for the bit? okay no it's a good bit yeah it is Uh, no he just won an Oscar for Joker um the movie's fine at best. He's pretty good in it. I think it's bad at best. Problematic oh, yeah. at worst. Yeah, I didn't hate it. Yeah, I hate watch. I hate watching I think, it. I think you know, I think Joker falls in the line like you, what you and I were talking about earlier with the Revenant, where if that movie didn't have any fucking stupid, provocative shit surrounding it, where everyone's like, "This movie's gonna cause people to go shoot up a mall or whatever," I don't think anyone would care about that movie. I don't even think it would get Oscar nominations, honestly, if it didn't have this huge, uh, like, social commentary on it before it even came out. It's just one of those... Okay, so here's the thing. I think you're right, but at the same time, the movie is still trying to do that within its own terms. It just does it horribly badly. The movie has nothing to say. No. It thinks it does. Yeah. And Todd I, Phillips thinks he made a movie. And that's the thing that sucks so much about if you take out again, we talked about this a little bit earlier about Sizzic Kane and his mythology and his, you know, monoculture yes. um um status. But that's the thing I think about Joker most, where it's just like even if you take out what the critics were saying beforehand and then you actually watch the movie, mm-hmm. 
It still fucking sucks, and it still has nothing fucking to say. It has nothing to say. Uh, this is this was my what I came out of that. So movie. so real quick, I, that's that's why I'm that's why I'm wondering like like because you said like would it have Oscar would it would have Oscar nomination and all that didn't happen. This one the, this one the Silver Lion. Yeah, at, the it Ven- did. at Venice, it did. Like, at Venice, which is where it premiered. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it again, came out the gate. Yeah. And then maybe, and again, maybe that feeds into that. But still, would that have? I don't. I don't. It's almost like a chicken and egg kind of thing. It's true. When I'm trying to think, when it's I'm trying true. to say it out loud, but it's just like I don't. It just it it. it it's interesting you say that Joaquin Phoenix is what important most important actor. He's, he's up there for okay, me, for like sure. no, he's very like I love his work. I love. I love this work even before his quote unquote retirement. Like he's been one of my favorite actors to watch. Well, that's in general. Yes, we'll get to that. Yeah. Yes, but and then considering even just talking with you or just talking to everyone else, or even just by myself, to seeing what he's done, it physically kind of hurt to see him do the stuff he does in this movie, and this is the end result of it. Mm-hmm. And then it also hurt that this is the award. This is the performance he got rewarded for. Yeah, not the master, Which... not her. Not right. you're never really here. Not the immigrant, but this. Yes, and it, it just sucks. It just sucks. It makes sense when you look at everything. It does, unfortunately. You know, like whatever. But yeah. uh, we'll we'll work our way up to Joker because I do kind of want to just like quick fire through his career. Sure. And stop at any kind of important, uh, you know milestones along yeah. the way. But um, yeah, I mean the reason we wanted to do this is because he won an Oscar, and uh, you threw to me. Do you think this is even in his top ten yeah. performances? No. If it is, it's like number nine. Yeah, it's like number nine or ten um, A or whatever. I, I 10B. actually think he's good in it, but I the, honestly don't have a problem with him in it. No, like it sucks. The material is nothing. No, and it, and it sucks. He has to say this these words that don't mean anything. That sucks. Yes. But like, if you look at him in a, it's hard to say this with a movie, but if you look at him in a vacuum, mm. I don't really have much problem what he what he's doing. No, he's doing big Phoenix stuff. He is. Yeah, and he's doing stuff that we've seen him doing better stuff before. He literally did this performance, but better than the master. Exactly. Or, or um, you were never really here. Yes. Like it's it's almost that just yes. you know dumber. But it, it is. Um, the one thing I liked, there, there's one scene in Joker I liked, and it's only because it's a well-executed scene, mm-hmm. not that it means anything, mm-hmm. is the scene at the end where he shoots De Niro. I think that that's an incredibly well-executed scene of, like, tension. Yeah. Where you're seeing the set through the, like, shitty quality video cameras. You know, it, it, it looks like a viral thing you would see, like, on someone's smartphone. Or, yeah. you know, it looks like weird home video shit. Yeah. And it's scary. Because Phoenix... Is Phoenix. I, 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 I like that scene just because Phoenix stopped talking. And, like, the back and forth with De Niro is like, what do you guys... T- you guys aren't saying anything. Nothing. You guys, like... I, nothing's being said here. Yeah. It's nonsense. It's 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 verbal diarrhea. I was going to say the one scene I liked, and this was improv by Phoenix, because someone had to help uh, Todd Phillips do this. <laughs> but it's after he shot the three guys on the subway. Mm. He runs off, hides in, like, some bathroom... And he just starts slowly dancing, and the then dancing, the music yeah. cranks that up. That really, really bad score. I I keep joking about this with uh with one of my best friends and a friend you know, because um that, that score won the Oscar. Yeah, did it not. Yeah, it did and like wow. she, it's bad. She is the only single female composer to win the Oscar she for seems that. Lovely. No, she does. She, she seems did very nice. She did the score for um is it Succession or Chernobyl? Know. I think it's Chernobyl. Yeah. I don't remember that score. You say it's bad. You could. I don't remember it. I couldn't hum it to you. It's bad because the score completely represents what the movie is, which is uh, 
something that takes itself so fucking seriously yeah. that uh, it doesn't need to at all. Mm-hmm. There are moments in the movie where, and it's at that scene where he's dancing and this fucking score comes in and it's like, what are we watching? Right. Like, why is this? Why is this dread score coming? I don't know. Whatever. But that was that. that I I just liked how Phoenix. That was how he chose to express himself after that moment. Was to just slowly yeah. start pantomiming and dancing. Is, and that, I, and I is that actually good or is that only good because you know Phoenix did that? Um, no, I remember in the theater I was like, okay, that's something. Okay, cool. That was the one thing. And then when I heard it, I was like, oh, that makes sense. I felt something because that was the one thing that – maybe not the one thing, but that was one thing that Phoenix really um, did. And then just even the dancing on the stairs is just like, oh, Jesus Christ. What what is this? What are we doing here? Yeah, okay. But yeah, but let's 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 let's, di- let's yeah. dive into this yeah. this uh, this man. Yes, um, always want to dive into Phoenix. Always, man. So he does a lot of TV. Yes, uh, in the eighties, uh, like all yeah, like like a lot of people. Yeah, you know, I mean, he started as a child actor. Um, oh, he's in an episode of Murder She Wrote. Oh, oh yeah, he maybe, did. Maybe I watched that with my grandma. <laughs> uh, he's in an episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Uh, he's in an episode of Superboy. Oh, cool. He plays Billy Hercules. Oh. Uh, and then his first big real movie is Parenthood. Okay, which yeah. Which he won the Oscar for. Yes. Um, Started right out, right, hot out of the gate. Tons of people in Parenthood. There, there are, aren't there? Like just like Keanu's in Parenthood. Right. It's Steve Martin, Mary Steenburgen. Like, it's it's a big movie. Uh, well, not like a big movie, but I don't know. Like, Parenthood's cool. Yeah, whatever. yeah. It's a fun little comedy, you know. Insane. This is like one of the most insane jumps ever for me. Uh, it probably isn't, but I really love this movie. He just goes from Parenthood to To Die For. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, That's what i yeah. He goes from like silly family comedy to sex, like satire. Yeah. Like it, it's crazy. He's good. It's him and Casey Affleck um, playing kids who kill for their hot weather lady yep. played by Nicole Kidman. Listen. Listen, for fucking rules. I love this movie. No, it's good. But listen, if '90s Nicole Kidman told me to kill someone, I'd like, where do, where do, like, what do you want to do with the body? Just, just. You can remove that qualifier if Nicole Kidman told me to. Remove no, that that was that was implied. It's Nicole Kidman. She, yes, I'm, I'm. We'll do her eventually. I yeah. She in the hat. No. So that's another one for us. We'll have to do. So okay. So after this, we'll do a couple in the hat. Fun. Whatever. We'll do Tom Cruise for four weeks. Whatever. <laughs> Come back. We'll do some more for the hat. We'll do Nicole Kidman. Absolutely. All okay. Right. Good. Uh, we, got the, we got the itinerary set. Okay. Uh, he's in a couple of movies that uh, I'm not really familiar with. You got Inventing Inventing the Abbots. No. U-Turn. Vaguely familiar. Return to Paradise. Mm. And then you got Clay Pigeons. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Clay Pigeons is a David Dobkin movie. Okay. Before he yeah whatever. Uh, after that he's in, I didn't know this he's an eight millimeter. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Apparently a very bad Joel Schumacher movie. Yes, it is. Yeah, no, I've never seen it. That's crazy. Oh, I've seen it forever. That's awesome. Uh, that's really, really cool. i got to see 8mm. Uh, after this, uh, he wins another Oscar for The Yards. Oh, wow, um, yeah, James Gray. Yeah, his first collaboration with James yeah. Gray. Yeah. Um, you see, you seen The Yards? You know, yeah, it's, God, it's been such a long time, though. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's... Uh, I like I like James Gray mm-hmm. quite a bit. I think The Yards is sort of like is one of his weaker outings. Yeah, I was gonna say that's it's, how I felt too. And then I think I think because I didn't I'm trying to remember this correctly. I was out on James Gray for a while. Really? And I, yeah. And I, I don't think why I, that surprises me. And, and no, I think I think it was the younger kind of thing. It was like oh, everyone likes James Gray. I don't. Like, boring. Uh, yeah. 
what are you guys talking about? The French really like them. And it's like all that. Sure. And then, you know, I kind of stopped being an idiot and kind of came around. But yeah. I think I think Yards was kind of part of that. I was like, ah, it's good. I was like, eh. Yards doesn't have much going on. Right. Yeah, it's fine. Um, a, lot, a lot of talent in that one, though. That's mm-hmm. really Charlize Theron, yep. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Back when Mark Wahlberg was good. The same year, he wins another Oscar for Gladiator. I mean. Which is crazy. Okay. Can we talk about Gladiator real quick? Just real, real quick. Yeah, I just watched quick. it like two weeks ago. Okay, so this is this, this works then. Yeah. I didn't like Gladiator for a long time. Sure. Again, another. I I didn't think of what I didn't I didn't I, I thought it was just very kind of stated. Again, besides the action scenes, I thought it was just kind of well, whatever. This is kind of by the numbers is boring. I don't think it's one of the best picture. Traffic should have whatever. Crouching Tiger should have, but okay. I mean, listen in in our heart of hearts. <laughs> yes. I'm a, I'm we a live ex- in a post-Parasite world. There are no excuses for foreign films not winning Best Picture now. There are no excuses in the first place. But absolutely true. Yeah. I love traffic as well. Anyway, I feel like the more we've gotten past those kind of blockbusters, like a tra- like a Gladiator, and the more we've gotten into MCU, mm-hmm. more... I don't even know how to describe it. Like more uh, IP-driven material. Just fucking assembly. Yeah, yeah, yeah content-driven. Yeah. Does by whatever. Yeah. The more I see stuff like Gladiator and especially Lord of the Rings, it's like, good lord, I miss these blockbusters. Yeah. Yes. It's like, yep. I'm, 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 good, I'm no, it is, and it's yeah. like I am so sorry. And, and, I am so sorry. I took you for granted, Gladiator. I would, I would kill. Yeah. To have, a, to gladi- have a gladiator, yes. I would kill. No, James, look at me. I would kill to have a mainstream blockbuster be as horny as Gladiator was. Horny, yeah, yes, very horny. Yes. Um, Russell Crowe, good. Yeah, maybe shouldn't have won Best Actor for that. I mean, look at that. I mean, I don't remember the top. I don't remember that my that field on the top of my head, but it was a kind of weak field. Okay. Um, Walking Phoenix is so fucking good in Gladiator. Yeah, he is. He's doing so much more than that movie it, it needs of him. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, it, it's, it's I, I love that he's... Commodus is such a good character. Yeah, he's no, he so is. Good. I love how he's earnest. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's funny because that was actually a real Roman emperor. And, he, and the real Roman emperor actually fought in the Colosseum. That's fucking cool. But I love that... I love that he's so earnest. Yes. And so open as his feelings at the same time. And he's also so fucking maniacal. He's so evil. Yeah. That he... It, it's... But he's understandable at the same time. He just wants... He's one of the better villains put to screen because... Yeah. You, in recent memory, yeah. You don't... The whole movie, you, you're looking at this guy and you're like, this guy's fucking despicable. Mm-hmm. He's disgusting. But you absolutely understand why he is the way he is. Yeah, you get it. And it, it, it almost... Only makes sense that he would be that way. Yeah, you know it's it's great. Uh, he's also in a movie called Quills that year. Yes, he is. Yes, um, not familiar with that. Haven't one. seen that one in a long time. All right, uh, two thousand one. He does Buffalo Soldiers. Oh wow! Uh, this movie looks horrific. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've seen it since it came out. Yeah, I've never seen this movie, but whatever. We'll move that past that. And now we're getting into uh, an era of Joaquin Phoenix. That well, it probably starts with Gladiator, but we're getting to the area of Walking Phoenix, which is why I say he's one of the most important actors of my life. In 2002, he does Signs, so I'm not gonna sit here okay. and tell you that Signs is like my no, favorite. No, wait, movie of all time. I, no, can I say real quick? Yes. I thought you were gonna go to Brother Bear. Well, that's next year, <laughs> okay. and that's part of it. <laughs> and you're laughing. Um, I am. No, okay, so Signs, I, I, I grew up a little bit on M. Night Shyamalan. 
Uh, my no, kid. really, I'm surprised. Okay, well, my dad lives like right outside of Philadelphia, and <laughs> okay, I don't get to see my dad a lot. Have a fond memories of watching movies with him. Yeah. He showed me a lot of great movies. Shyamalan was one of the things he introduced me to, and Signs was an early Shyamalan movie. Uh, Signs scared the living hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a scene in Signs because it's so tepid, or oh. <laughs> wow. Science still scares me when I watch it. Honestly, it's it's corny. It's over the top. I was gonna say because it's corny. Is that why it scares you? That's why it scares me. No, there's okay. a scene I'll in science. There's a scene in science. Uh, we're walking. Phoenix is inside of a closet. This this actually is a legit scene. This is a really scary scene. Mm-hmm. He's in a closet. He's watching a, a news telecast, and they show a home video of a birthday in like Venezuela. Yeah, and you see an alien walk across a sidewalk. And it's horrifying. It's and, really scary. And it's not only like you described what it is on screen, but it's not only that. It's also only not only, but it's also the fact we see how riveted and anticipated that Phoenix is to see so, this. Yes, we see even within the um, even the footage that he, the news footage he's watching. It takes such a while for the alien to it walk by. So again, he Shyamalan again at this period was really good at just that anticipation. Was really good at building up yeah. your tension. Yes. When this is is this actually going to happen? It happens, and then you see Phoenix's reaction, and you're with him. So, all, you're with him all the way. When the first time I saw this, I can't believe I just did that long thing about that scene right there. But go ahead. It's a great scene. It's a really uh, great scene. Uh, first time I saw the scene, I I I think this How is, old were you? Um, two thousand two. I was ten. Oh, okay. Um, and I saw it, I think, the year it came out. Yeah. But I, I, I saw it I, probably on DVD for the first time, actually. Okay. So maybe it was 2003, whatever. Uh, as in my dad's basement, I've never been so scared in my life. Like, watching a movie. Yeah. I still haven't. Like, this is this... The, the, Signs is the one movie that scared me the most from this fucking scene alone. <laughs> I love that. Um, and looking back on it, I think half of the reason that this scene is so scary is Joaquin Phoenix's reaction. He's yeah. a grown man. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching this TV, and he is so horrified by this image of an alien that he like jumps three feet back into the coats of the closet, yeah. and is 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 essentially like huddling in the, the fetal position watching this. It's that's so, what I'm saying because like he as, sells as a, the fear. No, he does of like, what this alien and is. As so a, well. And again, like that, like just that. I'm just talking about the scene alone because you know, the rest of the movie. So it's like. As an audience member, you're with him for you're you're with him step by step. He's, he's so, so when you yeah. see that reaction, that's your reaction. Yeah, when, when you're you see 10 that years fo- old, like especially yeah. at that age. But when you see that footage, because again, what I just said earlier, what what Shaman is able to do with that scene, yep. you're you're there all the way. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so the next year, he's in a movie called uh, "It's All About Love." No clue. Don't remember that cool. one. Cool. And he also does "Brother Bear," which is insane. <laughs> It's so this crazy. Is, this is the Michael Eisner era of Disney. He's on his way out at this point, but it's just like this is the, the backstory of this movie is the backstory's nuts. And then he actually watched the movie. It's like, how did this get out of the? How did this get out of the this door? Brother Bear is a Disney animated film released in theaters in America. Yeah, in the world we live, in which real Joaquin, people, real people saw this. Joaquin Phoenix voices a bear. And no, 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 no. You know, he voices like a man who gets turned into a bear because he's like mean or something. There you go. Whatever. Don't, don't, don't bury the lead. Whatever, dude. This movie's <laughs> fine. And it's crazy to think that Joaquin Phoenix is in a fucking animated Disney movie. <laughs> Moving on. 2004. A weird year for Joaquin Phoenix. Yes, it was. He's in the village. Yeah. I fucking 
love the village. You man. would. I really do. You would. It worked on me last time I watched it. Uh, yeah, I like it. I think it's good. He's he's okay in it. He's okay in it. I think Bryce Dallas Howard is pretty fucking good in it. Yeah. Um, Unlike the next movie she does with him. Oh boy, we're not gonna even nope. ever nope. talk about that monstrosity. Nope. Um, I just remember when I saw the village. I couldn't stop laughing when the monster first appeared, and that took me out of the whole movie. I mean, there's so many like there's so many layers to that movie that are unintended because at this point, uh, Shyamalan's not good. Right, right. Where I don't think he intended to make this movie the way that it turned out, <laughs> but somehow it works. Like despite that, uh, because like all of the bad accents and the bad dialect mm-hmm. makes sense. They do. It, like, at the end of the day, yeah, even yeah, though yeah. they don't need... Like, it's... I don't know. I think it's good. Movie. I was going to say, I actually think the twist is interesting. I think it's great. I just hate going through everything to get to the twist. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I fucking love it. I, I love it. I love... That movie's much better knowing the twist. Where you're like, wait, why are these people talking so weird? Right, right, Oh, because they had to... Okay, got it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, also is have, it, Sorry, real quick. Yes. And this, we don't even have to spend 20 seconds on this, so I'm going to say real quick. Do Shyamalan's movies work better when you know the twist and you, walk, and you watch them again? Some of them do. Okay. Um, uh, I feel like Sixth Sense Six was Sense that. Sixth Sense is great. Well, yeah, no when you know it's, yeah. It makes the movie like almost like a puzzle that you have to figure out. No, really it almost makes it, it almost makes it melancholic, really, for Bruce Willis. He's like, oh, wow. Yeah. He has to go and go through this to accept oh, he's, that. Uh, Bruce Willis in, in Unbreakable and in Sixth Sense is very melancholic. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, 2004, he also does Hotel Rwanda. Yeah. Which is, again... He, he plays a cameraman. He's like a cameraman. He's like, yeah, yeah, ladies, I'm at the bar. All right, bye. Right. Like, it's nuts. He's barely in the movie. Yeah, it's like, well, you got Joaquin. Like, I remember watching the first time. I was like, am I watching the right? Why is Joaquin Phoenix just playing the camera? Like, you, you could have got me for that. Exactly. Like, yeah. You didn't need to get Joaquin. But, it's uh, whatever. Uh, and then he also does this year, Ladder 49. Wow. A bad movie. Yes. That's uh, about firefighters. Yeah. John Travolta. Yeah. I think Joaquin dies at the end. I and he's like a hero. that movie whatever. existed. It does exist. It does. It's a firefighter movie. Yeah. It's weird that we don't have really good firefighter movies. I mean, maybe Backdraft is the best one. Do we have any good firefighter movies? That's what I'm I saying. Think like, you're is, right. Yeah, is, I think Backdraft made the best, might be the best one. It's like, is that it? Wow. All right. Yeah. 2005. Walk the Line. Mm-hmm. Um, we just we just talked about this movie earlier today. Ring of Fire. Um, my dad introduced me to this movie. Mm-hmm. He loved Johnny Cash. Uh, I was fucking blown away by this movie as a kid. I like. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is Johnny Cash more than Johnny Cash is Johnny Cash. I would rather listen to this. <laughs> I would rather listen to this movie soundtrack. That's the actually... best. That's the best musician. As a musician as you are. Yes. That's the best musician critique I've heard. I think. I think Joaquin Phoenix singing Johnny Cash songs is more enjoyable than listening to Johnny Cash singing Johnny Cash songs. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it's I love true. It. It's true. I think he's so fucking good in this movie. I think it's, the movie's very over the top in some of the performances. Reese Witherspoon. Uh, she won an Oscar for it. She did, and like it's not a bad performance, but like yeah. it's very high, boys. Um, yeah. Again, weak field that year. Besides the fact that Keira Knightley was nominated for Pride and Prejudice, she's really good in that movie. I just saw Pride and Prejudice again sure. a couple weeks ago. Um, again, I, I was always on the beat that Felicity Hoffman should have won for Transamerica. Doesn't look great now, so mm-hmm. you hate to see it. Yep. 2020. Well, God, it sucks saying that now. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, he gets nominated for this one? Yes. Yeah, first nomination. First nomination. Oh, wait, no, second. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. second. He Gladiator got, was his first. We keep, I mean, he did win Oscars for all these, but his yes. first real nomination was for Gladiator. Yes. And, and then, here's his second nomination. Yeah, so. and that, this is a load of field, too, because this was Joaquin Phoenix, 
Phil Seymour Hoffman won the Oscar for Capote. Mm. Heath Ledger for Brokeback Mountain. David Sathan for Good Night and Good Luck. And then Terrence Howard for um, Hustle and Flow. That is... So that's, that's a loaded lineup. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, 2007, he does a second movie with James Gray, We Own, we the, own night. the Night. A movie that I watched once, didn't like, watched it again, fell in love. <laughs> love We Own the Night. It's a great movie. It is. I no, it's, it's good. Yeah. Um, I love that that movie ends with two brothers telling the, the, each other that they love each other. Yeah. It's very sweet. It is. Um, yeah, cop movie with him and Mark Wahlberg. Crazy that Joaquin Phoenix was in like a couple movies with Mark Wahlberg. It is. Look at both of their careers right now. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's good in We Own the Night. Oh, he is. Yeah. All of these movies he's very good in, uh, but he's not doing anything weird yet. Right. He hasn't done anything weird yet. No, the that... weirdest thing he's done is Commodus, probably. He... And I'm thinking of like while the gladiators are fighting and blood spraying everywhere and Joaquin Phoenix is just sticking his tongue out and shit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's probably the weirdest he's got. Right. Uh, like, also, like that that's peculiar. It's not yeah. it's not weird yet. Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't gone full Phoenix. Right. Um also two thousand seven Reservation Road. Uh, oh yeah. That, actually I I'm looking it up. Uh it doesn't really exist. No one uh, no one knows that this movie exists. What, what do you mean? It just doesn't exist. What? I don't I don't get the bit. It's the bit is that in 2007, he made a movie called We Own the Night. Yeah. And he made another movie called Reservation Road, but yeah. that movie doesn't count. Why? Oh, it's fine. Oh, oh no, okay. I, I was going to say, no, it's fine. <laughs> like, I knew what the bit was. I'm like, wait, what? Like, I see this movie. I thought it was fine. That's whatever. Okay. Uh, 2008, he does Two Lovers, another James Gray joint. Yes. Um, My least favorite James Gray movie, maybe? Yeah, I think so. He's really good in it. No, he is. So is Paltrow, actually, too. This movie's just about him being suicidal and having to find a good girlfriend to make him happy again. Yeah. Yeah, that's not great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so 2010. Yeah. So now we're getting into it. Is I'm Still Here. Yeah. Which nothing bad ever happened after that movie got. And again, this is kind of bringing it back to where in the beginning, I always kind of describe Phoenix, this is po- this is... There's pre-crisis, yes. post-crisis. Yes. This is the crisis. This is the crisis. This is crisis on Which infinite Earth. Was all manufactured? Yes. Apparently, he, Which makes, is why I he didn't, makes this weird mockumentary movie with. This Casey is Affleck. why. That's why I didn't care about it. I, I knew it was fake. I knew it was all yeah. a gimmick, and I was like, I'll, I'll wait till it does a real movie again. And so I just, I just didn't care. I didn't watch it to care about it. I didn't watch it either. Uh, I, yeah, I'm still. So it's kind of baffling when people are like, "Oh, he's a rat." Like, no. Yeah, he kind of like he sold on, it. Like, he put on this whole bit that he was retiring from acting. He was going to be a rapper, and he made this fake mockumentary with Casey Affleck about him. I don't know, being a piece of shit. Yeah. So he does that, and then two years later, he comes back and just the master. Has I he mean, again? Let me let me. Okay, so it's not just he did the master. This is Paul Thomas. This is this is one of the great things about Paul Thomas Anderson. He will look at someone and be like, "No one's used you in a way that I'm thinking of." Yes. Can I use you this way? Will you be interested in me? Letting you, letting you. I'm thinking of, and when you think of like uh, uh, Burt Reynolds, Tom Cruise, yeah, Adam Sandler, getting um, well. Day Lewis did a movie in 2004, but even three years later, because Day Lewis is kind of in and out yeah, of retirement. Yeah. You even get Day Lewis for that, right? And then this. So, it, so let me ask you this. Yes. And I'm and I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna reveal my hand because this is I think this is the best American film in the past decade. Uh, I'm not gonna argue with you. I mean, you can, but I'll just, no, I'll, no, I'll, I'll, I'll beat the case. As well, I usually why would do. I? But <laughs> and this is really Fred of Phoenix. We're gonna talk about the rest of his career and and post crisis, it's a dynamite 
Right. Post-Crisis, it's a very good leading man run. Yes. Yep. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Or pre-Crisis, rather. No, post. Post, from oh, Master on. Oh, post-Crisis is like an insane run of like, this is a leading man who's only playing character actor roles. Yeah. And it's incredible. Okay, but has he done a performance that reaches the highs of the Master? Since, since the, the Master? Yeah, since the Master. I know no, it's a loaded no, question. No, okay. No, no it's, it's, uh, it might be a loaded question, but I'm just, like, no. Um, to your point, talking about PTA using people in ways that they haven't been used before, every movie that we've just listed off, from Parenthood to Two Lovers, yeah, uh, is Walking Phoenix playing a good leading man role. Yes. Because um, I feel like pre-crisis, and again, we're comic nerds, so I'm going to keep using that. Yes. But pre-crisis, it feels like... He, he puts his own spin on it. He puts his own yep. sauce on it. Yes. But he's captivating in a way that's kind of uh, remarkable that you, you're like, why is this guy so weird? Yeah. But, but, he's, I, not, but he's not doing anything weird yet. But no, but no, true. But I was going to say, if you're if you're the casting director, the director may may have had Phoenix in mind for those roles. But if you're making a list of like people you want in those roles, he's maybe not in the top five. No. Probably like not. anyone could do those roles. Yeah. I mean, you can you can get somebody, you can get Billy Crudup to do Commodus. He may not be that particular weird about it, but he can still do it. Yeah. It's when the master hits when you're like, the reason, no one could do no this one role, could, and, uh, and the, no one could do this role with how Hoffman does that role, or maybe even Amy Adams. Or I think, too. I, I would argue that the master, those three, yeah, is the best performance from all three of them in any of their respective careers. I always have wow. I mean Hoffman. People, I think IndieWire said that actually. You can't make the case for Hoffman. I, I don't know. I, it, Amy Adams is so weird to me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, because so, the thing is, she's not in it that much. So it's like I don't want to say that. She's she... just so fucking intense. No, like, she is. She okay. Is. So the master is crazy because, like I said, he's doing leading man roles mm-hmm. that are good, and otherwise uh, sort of unremarkable when you look at the rest of his career. Yeah. The Master, he comes back with the Master after two years of doing weird shit with Casey Affleck. Yeah. And it is like he's gaunt. Yeah. He's terrifying. He's fragile. Yeah. He's got he, he no arcs his, He's got he the arcs his, the with back. his hands on his hips and his he arcs his back up. Stamps. Yeah, this dance, this 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 it, punch, yeah, everything. He's he's completely devoid of ego mm-hmm. in this movie. But the thing is, I think this is the most important thing, especially coming off of you know, the crisis. He's recharged, and I think being recharged with a director like Anderson is going to use him this way really kind of just brings about brings the best yes. out of both. Because I love, I love when creators know when they're good. And I love that Paul Thomas Anderson said the performances that Phoenix and Hoffman get is the best thing he'll ever do. Or it's the best thing he's done up to that point. And he said this, like, maybe I think uh, two years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. Two or three years ago. The, the, the Master's incredible. Yeah. I will continue to be, like, enchanted by this movie for the rest of my life. That, no, I, uh, I am too. And I keep thinking about it every once in a while. I was, I was even thinking, like, I will, I will always love The Master because I don't think I'll ever completely solve it. No, me either. Right. And I love that. Yeah. So, we could talk about the Master forever and how good Phoenix is in it, but yeah. it's an incredibly important, like, pivotal moment in his career. Again, like, I think it's the, I think it's his crown jewel. And he gets nominated again. Yeah. This is his third nomination. Mm-hmm. So... I was stunned he got nominated for that. Like, I didn't think, I didn't think all three of them would get nominated for that. Because they, they, because, I mean, especially with the Academy. Because this one, um... This one's something I can. I don't remember if it was, I don't know if it was the Palm, I don't think it was the Palm of the York, but I think one, I think... No, Hoffman and uh, Hoffman and Phoenix together won Best Actor, if I remember correctly. Oh, really? Yeah. But 
this didn't get best picture didn't get best director like, this was a loaded year in 2012 but it didn't get best picture didn't get best director didn't get screenplay for some reason flight did for so i don't know why but this is like the only nominations it got were the three characters for three actors right. and this is like i'm again i wish it got more but it's like i think it's fascinating that the academy even went for that route yeah, as that's it is. true that's true yeah but so it's he's just it's so fascinating that he has two clear phases of his career yeah just again pre, pre and post yeah and we're in, we just entered post yeah and it just gets it's just all good so not only so or so no go ahead go ahead well 2013 mm-hmm. uh <laughs> every year from here out i'm going to be saying is a good year yeah uh 2013 he does the immigrant yeah with james gray yeah uh a supporting role next to fucking marion cotillard and jerry runner and jerry runner yeah. and he is so fucking good in this movie yeah the end, the end of this movie where he like yells at her, yeah, is so good. Not that, just that shot too. Oh my god, that, that, that shot weird like splits. mirror split yeah. shot. And it's thing. like James James Gray's talked about the shot before, and it's like those are that's one shot of like I I've heard you talk about this. I don't know how you did it. It's incredible. I want to know how you did it, but I don't want to know how you did it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's he, one of, that's one of my favorite shots. Phoenix in is, the last ten years. Phoenix is about as despicable in this movie as he is in the master. Yeah. With no but, redeeming qualities. I don't know about no redeeming qualities. Less redeeming. I don't know. He's a little bit more endearing in The Master. His character oh, is no, a little yeah, bit more oh, yeah, I, I, comparing to, I was going to compare it to Commodus, where it's just like, oh, you kind of you kind of understand where he's coming yes. from to a degree. Yes. Like, he feels like he's protecting Iwa, mm-hmm. Mary Cotillard's character, yes. but it's just like, no, you're just, you're, you're, you're using her. You're using your pen. She's, a, she's an item. Right. Yeah. Like I just the end of that movie where he screams, "You forget those things I made you do." Yes, and like he's all beat up and shit. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. And then also in 2013, he does her, which is just I I always say oh, where it's just like God, I love her so much. Thank you so much, Toby. For you're welcome. Watch her. You're welcome. Toby knows me very well. <laughs> Sometimes he'll just be like, "This is a James movie," and I'll be like, "I bet." And then I'll watch her, and it is my favorite movie of the decade. <laughs> it's it's. I keep saying this with Joaquin Phoenix and her, where it's just like Phoenix is so good in this part in this phase of his career, where her is just like you almost forget he does her. You almost do. Yeah, and like her is and such an, and, uh, an open wound. Well, not only like, that, it, it is, but not only that, but it like he's the lead of the, he's the lead of the story, but he's not necessarily the the first thing you think of her. When you think of her, like you know what I mean, like you think of like, um, I think you think about like that 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 world it creates. You think about mm-hmm. you know the operating system being in love, and then you think about his performance. I think we might think be of, like the third. Thing, yeah, you yeah. might be the third, fourth, fifth thing you think about that movie. But he's it's like so good, you know, man. he is so devastatingly good in this movie, and he's sweet. Yeah, and he's he's completely different than he is in the master or the immigrant. Yeah, like it's a completely different character. He's f- extremely flawed. Yeah, um, and and this is and. It, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I almost want to. This will, this will add. This will be part of the next film you mentioned. But when you, when we've talked about the master immigrant, her mm-hmm. in this post-crisis phase of his career, we see him taking on almost these titanic performances. They're huge. No, they're very huge. Yeah. And not saying he couldn't have done that in pre-crisis mode before, but it's like again, these are these feel like performances no one else could have done. Right. No. No way. No and, way. And not not only they that, but the movie like like at a molecular level, if you right? Anyone else? To and play and not only that, but we're seeing. And again, I'm being I'm being very hyperbolic here, but it's just like we're. I, I always thought Marlon Brando's fifties is the best actor run in 
ever. Mm-hmm. We're kind. Of, I, I was during this run. I was kind of feeling like, is Phoenix on that kind of run where you see like you he can does, argue it? Yeah, it's, it's like a whole decade. Yeah, like, we see like the master. We and again, not only are we seeing him doing stuff that we've known he we could do before, but we see him do, doing it now. Yeah. So we not only we see him do the masters, but he's going from that to the immigrant. This period New York piece where he plays someone completely different yeah. but similar yeah. to uh, Freddie Quell, and then we also see him move from that to um, uh, Theodore and her. Yeah. Again, visually very different, economically very different, emotionally very different, and then we see the similarities still too. And then when you get to Inherent Vice, which is the next movie, yeah, which is sort of like for some reason a you and me movie. That is one of the movies that we watched together, right? The first time that we hung out. But but it's um, like when you look at those performances and you look at them as a whole, you're seeing something. Again, I'm I'm someone who loves runs of actors. I that 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 run that we just those four movies. It's like I don't know if we've seen anything that an actor has done at that level in a long time. And we're not even done. We're not even done after this. No, we're like halfway there. Yeah, um, it's incredible. And like the master and the immigrant are both incredibly powerful dramatic roles. Yeah, her is such a sad like like I said like wounded romantic role. Yeah. And then Inherent Vice is so funny. Yes. He's so fucking funny in Inherent Vice. Yeah. As Doc. Like, there's just, he's so good at like the physical comedy. Yeah. Like one of the funniest scenes of the movie is fucking Brolin eating the banana and him just in the background of the scene staring at him. Like, it goes on for so long and yeah. he's so good. Like, him being tackled by the police, oh, him so shooting, his shooting, like him getting eaten, uh, him getting hit in the head and then the pussy shot. Like, oh, all so that good. stuff. Like, I love. Him getting hit in the head is great when he spins around yes. and tries to swing and then falls. Yeah, it's so good. I love this movie. Yes, me too. Because, for a number of reasons. Yes. One, it looks gorgeous. Um, yeah, it's PTA. I mean, it's PTA and Robert Ellis, but it, it is what it is. You get it. But it's like, I just love how it weaponizes the film noir plot. Yeah. Because when you watch a lot of old school film noirs from the 40s, a lot of them don't make sense. We try try to describe the big plot, the the, the big sleep plot to me. No one can. The writer couldn't. Raymond Chandler, he, when, he, when he was writing it. It's such a dynamic plot in Inherent Vice. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those plots when you watch at the end. Okay, I get it. We got at the end here. It makes sense. I couldn't tell you how to... I couldn't describe it to you. But it does make sense in some kind of level. And that's something that Anderson has always kind of wanted to work in. He doesn't care usually about um, if you can... If you can um, if you can explain a movie, but can you feel the movie? Right. And this is definitely a feel movie. Like I such a vibe. It, it's it such is. a vibe. I know a lot like, of people say that right now no, no, about no, some movies, is. but this movie is a true. Like I remember, vibe. like one of my one of my favorite, one of my favorite things that Anderson has ever done was the beginning, where it's like it's 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 Doc in his it's Doc in his apartment, his bungalow. Um, uh, Shasta comes in. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a dream. It's like a dream like quality to it. Yeah. Um, she's telling him what the skinny is. He walks her out to her car. He's like, watch your, watch your toes. He moves out of the way. She drives off. The music kicks in. And then... Oh, the neon and lighting. Like, the boom. And here in Vice. And yes. I'm like, every time that happens, I'm like, oh. It's good. It's like, it just swells my heart up. It's good. Um, I mean, that's why he makes fucking music videos. Like, he, he knows what to do with this He shit. knows... Uh, he's he's a man who knows his craft. Yep. But it's like, I, I just want to say one last thing. It's, um... I remember so many people. Again, this is a movie that does not explain itself whatsoever. So it's a, it's. Oh I, no! no. I, I again, that's Anderson in a nutshell. But especially this, I just love that Warner Brothers paid for this movie. It's insane. And putting like I remember, I just I had a smile on my face in the theater. Like I can't believe this exists. This is a movie in which Josh Brolin walks into a room, picks up a plate full of marijuana, and just just drinks it. Yeah. He just eats pounds of marijuana. And then him and Phoenix talk in the same voice. 
and then he walks out and leaves. And we have no idea what it's about. Nothing. Like what 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 just happened? But it's such it's such an endearing scene. <laughs> Brolin uh, is really good in this movie. I, I hated that he wasn't nominated for that. I, I, because I they had given him the win that year on my ballot. Because, they, because okay, here's here's the lineup for that for Best Supporting Actor that year. J.K. Simmons won for Whiplash. Sure. That Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke for... Um, Boyhood. Boyhood, yes. Yeah, sorry. So Ethan Hawke for Boyhood. Edward Norton for um, Birdman. Mark Ruffalo for Foxcatcher. So already... That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. The fifth guy was Robert Duvall for The Judge. That is so funny. So it's like, if you just put Brolin in Duvall's spot, that might it's be the best lineup they've done in a while. Yeah, the judge. Oof. Yeah. Um, okay. but, but real quick, I just want to say yes. one, thing about, one, more, one more thing about Inherent Vice, where it's just like, I heard so many people say, like, what drugs are I supposed to take before watching Inherent Vice? And I was like, that is the drug, drug. man. Yep, you know what I mean? Same Inherent, time. Inherent Vice is yep. the drug. You no, no drug. Yep. Uh, all right, 2015 is Irrational Man. Eh. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. He's fine in it. It's Woody Allen's off the record. He's, is... off the, he's, off the, he's off the path at this point. Uh, yeah. And yep. it's not in it for a while. Woody Allen was like, okay, every other year he gave a good movie. Well, the year after this is Blue Jasmine, right? The year before, before this. Yeah, no, okay. it, it was 2013, and then 2014, what did he do? Midnight in Paris? No. no that was earlier, too. Right? Um, what was the one he did in Rome? Um, you want me to Tall Dark Stranger? Was that it? Who gives a fuck? Right. Okay. But, no, but, but for a while, at least Allen was like, okay, like well, he'll give you one every, every other year, he'll give you a, a good movie. This was the end of that. This yeah. was like, okay, now he's just bad. Yeah. Now he's just easy to write off. Because he's, if he's not going to give you anything good, then what are we doing here? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that, that's a little bit of a stain on this run. Yes. But the next year's fucking, you were never really here. Don't worry, he didn't want to get fucked around foot. Which isn't a great movie, but he's very good in it. There's a lot of good performances in that movie. Yeah. It's fine. Um, but, did, okay, did Van well, Sant do that one? Huh? Van Sant? He, did he do Gus Van Sant. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, let, let, let me pump the brakes really quick before we keep going, because you were never really here. Is another. I think. I think that's just, a movie. I know that's a movie that kind of ruined us both. <laughs> we. Were, I was broken by that movie. Uh, saw, that movie made me question my life. I saw. I think I saw that movie two days in a row. Yeah. And I. Oh no! no we we saw each other after it ended at, uh, uh, this, at one of the theaters. That was the second time I saw it. That was the first time I saw it. Yes. Um, and I had to come back because I, I, I listen. I fell asleep in the middle of it. I'm like, all right. It's a little bit of a droney movie, which yeah. again, nothing wrong with that. Yep. But it's just like, uh, I, I gotta, I gotta give this a shot again. And like the, and then the second time I saw, it, I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing with my he life anymore. Is um, a brick house muscle fucking just? He's huge in yeah. this movie. Um, and he's so, that, that, that's not all muscle. <laughs> no, I guess true. Well, he's built the way that a fucking bodybuilder is built. Yeah, but he's, he's like fat he's also, muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fat muscle. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's so good. It's one of the best crime movies ever made, in yeah. my opinion. I think it's fucking perfect. And one of the reasons why we don't see the crime. Exactly. We don't see the crime we because it doesn't... Violence. We don't see the violence because it doesn't matter to Joe, it's to com- Joaquin Phoenix. He's completely care. bored with it. He's desensitized to it. It yeah. doesn't matter. And he wants to die. Yep. Constantly. Yeah. My favorite movie of 2018. Uh, um, my second favorite. Yeah. Um, I mean, technically first, but yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, so he does the, Don't Worry, You Won't Get Fired, but... Yeah. Plays a paraplegic, whatever. It's fine. He's kind of good in it. He has like really good chemistry. Does he play a writer? Yes. Yeah. Uh, car- a humorist. Like, like oh, a, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, he has really good chemistry with uh, Jack Black. Uh, Jonah Hill's fucking great in it. I heard. He's very good in it. Um, here's the only movie I think in this whole run that I haven't seen is Mary Magdalene. Uh, in which oh, he plays yeah, a because... character named Jesus. Jesus cursed? Uh, Christ actually is pronounced. He really? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. All right. Um, no, I think that. I don't think it got released in America. I was gonna say. I thought. I think that's a Weinstein joint. It is. So that's why. It, yeah. Yeah. 
And that was a movie that him and Rooney Mara fell in love with and started dating. Even yep. though, I think they're engaged now, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, even though they worked on her before, but you know. Yeah, they worked we, on... We never know when love's going to hit us. Yeah, they worked on her. They worked on Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far On Foot. She's in that. Oh, okay. Mary Magdalene. Right. Uh, also in 2018, a weird movie called The Sisters Brothers. Oh, yeah. I like this movie. I do too. It's weird. It's good. Yeah. He's fun in it. Yeah, He's he got, again, really good chemistry with John C. Riley. I think it's John C. Riley's best performance. It's up there. If it's not, it's definitely up there. Yeah, for me. yeah. He's John C. Riley's so fucking good. In that he movie. is. Um, yeah, just like another great fucking movie. Yeah, and then um, really like really low under the radar, but like I, I got a chance to see it in the theaters, and I was like, again, two thousand eighteen was, was all under the radar. Yeah, for the, yeah, 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 for sure. But it's like I just remember like I'm on this movie's wavelength. It's yeah, it's really good. Yeah, and, and not to mention like Joan Hall and Riz Ahmed are both like they're, just, they're, they're crushing it. Yeah, just 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 a low key nightcrawler reunion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, we finish it off with Joker. Which, yeah. You know, we already talked about it. It's not great. No. What I want to do now yeah. is I want to we, – we, I don't want to go and, like, do all of these movies. Um, but if you could give me, like, a top three Joaquin Phoenix performances – not movies, but performances. Performances? I, I, think top, I think three would be – Yeah. Would be good. I, I mean, I've got mine locked and loaded. It's easy for me. Um. But I mean, I don't know if you want to do five. We could do five, but no, oh, no, let's let's do three. Okay. I mean, for me, I, I think I'm not, I'll go first because yeah. I'm, I'm you, it'd be it'd be more fun for me to go first because I haven't had locked and load like you said. But I, I I think it's just if anyone knows me, I think it's kind of easy or obvious. But I think it, I think it's um, I think it's you never really hear her. Uh, the master. Uh, correct. <laughs> that is the correct answer. Yeah, I think that's what it that's is. Exactly in that order. The and again, I, I performance. don't. Yeah, by 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 again, like again, okay, you want to talk about scenes? I think about the scene all the time. We talk. We want to talk about scenes that just on 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 a surface level you don't understand, but below that, it just makes rhythmic sense mm-hmm. on your soul when Freddie goes to England. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Lancaster's trying to get him to come back into the the system. He doesn't, and it's, and they break up basically. It's a breakup scene, and, and he sings a love song he, to and him, and he sings a love song to him, and Freddie cries. And again, uh, on the surface, that's the end of the fucking movie. That's the end. Of, well, it's, basically, and then he he goes off, and then he meets another girl, and he starts giving her the process and whatever. So it <laughs> it shows that both men had a profound effect on each other that yeah. used further in the future. In the future, but again, on surface, that scene does not make sense. That scene does not. A screenwriting professor will tell you to take that scene out, right? Because what does that do to move the plot? Like, what is this? But but fuck plot. One, yeah, fuck plot and fuck what this teacher tells you. Yeah. But especially in those regards. But it's it's such an emotionally devastating. Like that might be my favorite breakup scene movie. It's very good. Uh, my, my my favorite breakup scene. Sorry, but again, it, it's it's not a breakup scene on the surface. But that's exactly what that is. Yeah. And just seeing how you can just tell that the I mean like to say that they have chemistry at that point, I mean throughout the entire movie, yeah, is almost redundant. Like it it, it, you don't even have to say that. But it's just like you can tell how much this hurts 
them yeah. that they can't be together, but they also know it's for the best thing. And then we and then feel, and then Hoffman starts singing yeah. out of nowhere. And again, it's like, what the fuck's going on? And then it's like, but this hits me on a way it, I wasn't expecting. And then you see Frank crying. It gets crying. under your skin. Yes. We've talked about this a yeah, lot. No, we have. How the master is a virus that yeah. just seeps its way into your system. And that scene is what that is. Whereas yeah. it's like, again, it may not make sense the first time you watch it, the second time you watch it. Eventually it will. Not yeah. on a plot level. No, not on a story level. Just on an elemental level. On an emotional level where it's just like... I understand what this is. I've been through this. I know how much it hurts. Yeah, so but you also, also you also understand why they have to do it. It's so good. It's so, good. It's it's so be- fucking it, good. It, yeah. The Master's his best performance. And yeah. I want to close this out by just really quickly talking about why I think Joaquin Phoenix is maybe the most important actor in my life. Yeah. It's uh, He's been with me a very long time. Mm-hmm. I Like I said, I you know my dad would show me Shyamalan movies, so like... I got introduced to him through Walk the Line, which is not a Shyamalan, but, you know, Signs in the Village very early on. Walk the Line. My dad showed me all these movies. And I, that was one of the first times that, like, outside of, like, conventional movie stars, you know, if you were talking the early 2000s. I'm talking about, like, Pitt, yeah. Cruz, yeah. Clooney, whatever. Outside of those kind of actors, this Walking Phoenix was the first time I had watched an actor as, like, a young kid and been like, whoa. Like, that's something different. Yeah. You know, like, it, it, he, I really clocked him as doing something different than just, like, being flashy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, he's just been with me ever since. And when he came back with the master and, it, like, having having kind of stock in him from a young age before I really cared about movies as much as I do now. Before you knew about stocks. Before I knew about stocks. <laughs> um, but having stock in him from such a young age and then... You know, 2012 rolls around with the master, yeah. and I was already into PTA at this point, um, and like just watching him go from the master to like, you know, I mean, to Joker, but like whatever. And there's a lot of stuff in between there. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, I'm like I just feel like uh, if I were to show anyone that I like had just met, if they were like, hey, like pick a movie actor, pick an actor like that you think represents like you know your interest. It's him every time. Yeah. It's him every time. So that's, yeah, that's why I said earlier, like, this dude's fucking important to me, and I love him, and I am completely disgusted with anyone who I thought was a friend who didn't put his name in the hat. <laughs> Good night, everybody. No, that's, that there's something, there's something, I mean, I, 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 I love acting, I love actors, and I think it's an old profession, and I think what, I think that why that is, is because we spend our lives with these people, mm-hmm. and they move through our lives, mm-hmm. and we see, so, we see them as we think they are, quote unquote, but also we see them in different degrees and viewpoints. Yes. And I feel like once you, I think it's really important when... Like you said, there's something, there's something, there's something about like, oh, my friends showed me this at a young age, impressionable age, my sister, yeah. or my, oh, my sibling, or my parents, and that's and that's something that's important. But it's like, no, that's the first one I found for myself. There's it was, something. It was signs. It was him, right? Jumping no, back in the yeah, but but there's something important yeah. about I discovered this person for myself. Yeah. I came to this person for myself, and this is my guy now. This is my girl now. Yeah, and there's something. He might have been the first for me. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I think there's something very important where you see, we have an actor that kind of moves with you through life. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of feel that way about Denzel, where it's like I've I've watched yeah, Denzel yeah. my entire life, 
And it's kind of again, I, I haven't seen I haven't seen his stage work, unfortunately. But when you look at his film or his TV, and especially his film work, it's like, yeah, he's an important touchstone in my life. Oh, yeah. Like this is someone that, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what's going on, my changes, whatever it is, like there's there's gonna be a Denzel Washington movie. There's gonna be a Walking Phoenix movie. Like I'm gonna there's gonna be a, a little... Tom Cruise movie for whatever. Like you can kind of go through we'll so Tom many. Cruise. No, eventually. But it's like there's there gonna be so many people that you see. Throughout your life, but there's something so I don't know. It's almost like a talisman, the talismanic, yep, like feeling, where it's just like there's something that's so important that I there, there's an important constant in my life, yeah, and that's what actors can be. They can be, yeah. And, and I feel like for someone like Phoenix, where he paints with a different brush, or he paints in he paints colors in a different way. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of consider when he when he got when he kind of moved into this adult phase with Gladiator and what have you, Quills and what have you. Sure. Um, where it's just like, okay, no, there's something there. There's yeah. something that kind of speaks to me differently than like like you said, a Pit or a Crow or a um, 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 Christ, a, a Johnny Depp even. Where it's just like at that point in time, where it's just like, no, there's something there's there's something. In him for me, and I'm going to follow that forever. That's more than just like, oh, I like him. Right. Yeah. And I, like, yeah, like, there's, there's, there's difference between liking an actor. You can like a lot of actors and being like connected. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. I'm and again, be... this this may, this like, this all may sound like dribbled nonsense, but it's like for for I, I think for a lot of people that I feel for someone who watches actors for a living constantly, constantly, yeah. like that's how I feel when I see like, oh no, that that's that's an actor for me. Yeah. And, like, I'm going to get a little cynical for a second. Sure. I've spent more time with Joaquin Phoenix than I have, like, my aunt who lives in Grand Rapids. Sure. And guess what? I care more about him. <laughs> like, I'm not, like, I'm not trying to be funny. No, 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 yeah. I'm just saying. Like, I, this is just how I feel. Like, yeah. and uh, there, I, there are plenty of actors who I love a lot. But I do feel like Joaquin is kind of the one where, like... I almost have like a sense of pride watching him, right? Because I've been with him for a while. I was even, I was even gonna say like, um, I was even gonna say like, again, when we get to like when we get into post crisis, his post crisis phase with the master, I was even gonna say like, seeing the master is like, oh, I'm home. Yeah, he yes. came home. Like, yeah, I, I, like, there it is. Yeah, yeah it's like I, I it's comforting you. to yeah. see him like that unhinged. In right, that movie, it's like, right. I, yeah, and it's not even it's not even just on his part. It's like I'm just I'm glad. Not only are you back to doing acting during that whatever that weird thing was you just did with glad you know, he did it. Sure, it, it got us the master. It so. got us the ma- again. Like I think the best thing about it, it recharges feeling for acting, yeah. and we got the master. But it's just like this is something where it's like I missed you. Mm-hmm. You're home. Yeah, and it's funny because I feel like the master is a lot about that. Where it's like it I missed that. you. I want you to come home. Yeah, you can't. I can't come home. Damn it. Yeah. So, so like yeah, no, I, I I agree. Like Joaquin Phoenix is really important to me as well. Yeah, no, that's uh that's my two cents on him, and I yeah I can't wait for whatever fucking shit he does next. I know he's doing like like a like a Mike Mills movie, I think with A twenty four. Oh yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, it's really funny that he won an Oscar for a DC Comics villain movie, and he's like, I'm gonna go make a movie with the dude who did Twentieth Century Woman next. Like, I'm glad that he's just stepping right back down into small stuff. Yeah, that's. Where he belongs. Yeah. And please, please, please walk into another PTA movie. You two are made for each other. They, I mean, clearly. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Um, do you want to do anything else or? Um, no, I feel good. Okay. About pouring my heart out for Walking Phoenix. <laughs> and if you're listening, Leaf, come, come on on, come on on down to my house and we'll have 
We'll have a good old jolly old time. <laughs> I don't know what that sounds like. I me either. God. Okay. I'd actually be terrified to meet him in person. I remember listening to um, an interview he did. Oh, uh, yeah, we didn't even talk about this aspect. What? Watching him do interviews or give acceptance speeches is the most electrifying thing in the world because I never know what the fuck's going to happen. I don't know what this guy's going to say. I'm always terrified. I'm like, what is he going to do? Because he's just so weird and, like, doesn't give a fuck about what he's supposed to be doing at these award shows. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's always, like, I I get anxiety because I'm like, oh, God, don't fuck this up. He's fucking it up. Oh, he's fucking it up bad. He's saying some weird shit right now. Oh, like, I, well, uh, I love it. I, I was, was going to go the opposite way. I was going to say, I was reading an interview he, he was doing, I, forget, I think it was an interview magazine. If I, no, I forget, what, I forget what publication it was for. But the guy who was interviewing him, they're on the phone talking. The guy who was interviewing, interviewing him, like he had something or he fell on something. And Joaquin said, are you okay? And there was just something about that I just found endearing. What a nice guy. Where I was just like, oh no, like it's like again, like when you're an actor, you kind of have to go. For, even if you're, even if you're someone who has the right profile to interview actors, like you, you kind of, you guys know what the system is. You know what the score is. Yeah. You kind of have to go through. They kind of have to go through the whole cakewalk, whatever. But it's like just, just hearing Joaquin say, "Are you okay?" That really kind of, I thought that was really endearing. I wish you would ask me. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> no, but I, I, just, I just like that. Yeah, I, no, I, that's I, awesome. just, I just, I just like we love that. Him. We yeah, love I do. Him. Yeah, we absolutely love him here. Yeah, he's on the wall. Absolutely. Yeah. I forget who's on the wall now. I know well, it's him. It's, I know it's... Uh, no Bill Camp's up on that wall. I mean, the... You know Karen Hahn's on there. Or uh, Catherine Hahn's on that wall. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't yeah. know who else is up there, but... I don't know. Those three for sure. Yeah. And, you know... We'll, I was going to say, we need some color on that wall. I um, think I think we should... Let's wind it down. I think next time we do this, we do something from the hat. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll go back to the hat. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll do one or two of those. And then I think we should plan on doing another one for us. After after a couple episodes, yeah, no, I like I, I like how you kind of made an executive decision to do the one for us. That was good. I, I, I yeah, it's it's healthy. <laughs> and if we ever do, I want I just want to put this into the ether. If we ever do Tom Cruise, I want to spend some real good time on it. <laughs> no, okay, you didn't see his face when he said that. His like he kind of turned to Jack Nicholson for a second. <laughs> I want to spend. Some, I want you. I want you to come to my house at nine in the morning. We will get breakfast. We will come back to this house at promptly nine forty-five. At ten o'clock, we will begin recording our celebration of Thomas Cruz Maypother the Fourth, and we will not stop until we have spent at least three hours talking about him. I was gonna say, should we just do like um not not like a one minute podcasting, but should we just go through every movie of his? Uh, I would love to do that. Um, like as a series, I would. Lo- I would actually not mind that. Um, oh no, wait, that means watching Cocktail and Last Samurai. Never could, mind. Never we mind. Could, we could maybe condense a couple. Like <laughs> you know, we don't need to put like fucking taps as a full episode. But um, <laughs> I forgot about taps. Yeah, taps. Days of um, Thunder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, very important film. Um, Far and away. But with Tom Cruise, I do want to spend some time on it. No, that's that's fine. He's, I will too. He's the reason. I I think he's a good next step for us to do for ourselves because mm-hmm. much like Joaquin Phoenix, Tom Cruise has very clear phases that we can kind of break down. No, not yet. Yeah, not only that, but I, I just love Tom Cruise in general uh, yeah. as, as an actor. And it's like the biggest fucking movie star. I maybe of my life. 
Oh, maybe. Is there anyone from the time that I've been born till now that's been as big a movie star as Cruise? I lived through 90s Cruise. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the only ones who might compare... Funny enough, not Pitt. But I think no. No, but I think the three who might compare are either Denzel, Tom Hanks, or DiCaprio. Yeah. Off the top of my head. Those, those Julia three. Roberts, of course. Especially if we're talking about the 90s. Um, I think Hanks... That might be it. Dude, Hanks and Those Cruz, four. Hanks and Cruz both have incredible long runs. And yeah. Washington, Denzel. Yeah. Yeah. Leo didn't get started until the 90s, really. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, he didn't get started until 93 with uh, this boy, uh, A Boy's Life. So, right. yeah. But, I mean, that's still a pretty decent career. Oh, okay, pretty decent long career, but well, yeah. anyways, let's write it down. Right, right, right. We'll do another. We'll do another hat next time. Right. I'm glad to be back. No, we, I, we could do this anytime now. No, I was, I was, yeah, it's true. I was gonna say like I'm interested to do Cruise because his his best performance is not in a movie. His best performance was. That's a teaser for next time, folks. Next time we do one for ourselves in a couple of weeks, <laughs> months. I don't know. I don't know how long it'll be either. Right, right, right. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for spending time with me, Joaquin Phoenix, in the films of 2020. And thanks for stop. Thanks for stopping by, everyone. Yeah, no, see thanks. yourself. See yourself out. <laughs> Goodbye. Just as awkward as it was before. Exactly. The crave in the back of my head. It talks to me in its head. Why don't you spend your life in this bed? Why don't you wallow around in this dread? The crave in the back of my head. I wanted to do, I'm just thinking of what we go. I wanted to do something because we don't, I don't have the actor in the hat with me, unfortunately. Okay. So I was thinking I can either pull a random movie out of the shelf. Good luck. And what do you mean like, good luck? There's like three shelves. You'd have to be running back and forth like a madman. That's fine. I've got a lot of movies, bro. Why'd you say bro? You know, like, I'm just showing off my cool movie collection. They can't see it. This is a new, this is a new character I'm doing. <laughs> Stop it. All right, sorry. Get off my set. No. He's, he's out of the room. Yeah. <laughs>